0: Welcome to the Falling Star Wrestling podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about the most recent live show from Falling Star Wrestling. We were live in Heacham, and if you were there, you'll know just how special that show was. If you missed it, well, myself and Jimmy will try our best to get you up to speed with all of the fallout from the event. We crowned not one, but two new Falling Star Wrestling champions, and the main event of the evening will be talked about for quite some time. Is it worthy of match of the year? Who am I to say? That's up to the fans to decide, but I will tell you what, it's going to take a lot to beat it. I'm your host for today, Patrick Vincent Crown, a.k.a. PVC, and I'm joined by my main man, Jimmy Star. If this is the first time you're checking out the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast, just be aware that myself and Jimmy will be breaking down the show in Heatcham in detail. We go over the matches, talk about how they were booked and what we thought to the action, the storytelling and how the crowd reacted. Now I'm not gonna take up too much more of your time, so let's jump into the episode chatting about Falling Star Wrestling Live in Heatchup. We're back on the podcast here with Jimmy Starr and we're here today to talk about the latest Falling Star wrestling show. We were live and in action at the Heacham Sports and Social Club on the 28th of August and we had an absolutely stacked card and I might add possibly the best Falling Star wrestling show to date this year. What do you reckon, Jimmy Starr? We've only had three but this was definitely an action-packed show, right?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, as we go through obviously we'll unpick some things but I, I think that um, as a show, and I mean actually as a, as a show, and also um, One Match in particular, um, I think that it's probably in my top three uh, falling star wrestling shows that we've ever done. I've got a couple um, that I that I really like. LinSport once, but non-LinSport shows. This has definitely been the best one we've we, we've ever done, wrestling-wise. Yeah, yeah. There there might be a LinSport or two that that may have trumped it, but again, you know, we put a lot more into LinSport in terms of finance and you know getting people in. Maybe like, like we've had Doug Williams in before. We've had um, you know we get Johnny Storm in. You know you, we we get loads of different people over the years. We've had many, many wrestlers um, who have been for, from other promotions. Like, you know, like Paul Robinson and Terry Fraser, and you know, loads of other people who, who you know, we've we've used to um, try and help build our promotion, bring in names to make our promotion uh, seem bigger, and then and use those names to elevate fallen star wrestling as a as a promotion. You know, but in general, in general, personally outside of linsport i think that's probably the best show we've ever done and and i'm I'm gonna say show and also when we get to it the the, the end match um between uh, jack landers and, and cali gray was absolutely amazing but all the other matches if you take them out on their own and watch them i think people would say yeah that's a that's a, that's a you know that's a cool match but they wouldn't have been blown away with it but within the context of the actual show where it was placed, you know, how it worked, how it turned out, um, and how the show was built, it was fucking perfect. And the it was an accident. I mean, the way the, the actual show was laid out in terms of, um, in terms of the matches um, was out of necessity. I wouldn't have booked it that way if I had my choice. The main event would have been the four-way because that has a heavyweight title up for grabs. You know, that's the biggest belt we've got. So you always put the heavyweight uh, title belt on last. But thank fuck that didn't happen because it would have been extremely hard for you to trump what turned out to be the final match um, for the limitless title. But then again, I would have given instruction to... Callie and Jack um, to uh, tone it down um, because the, the last match was going to be the full wave for the belt. So, you know, tone it down, have a good match, have a good competitive match, but tone it down because the last match just got to, got to go on. And obviously they've got to leave a lasting impression, which I'm sure you would have done and you actually did. But in the end, Matt was the one who sort of designed the, the tournament and sort of booked it. But we both sort of said to him, you know, Start off, start off slow, build it up, but in the end, just go balls out. Okay, do what you want, and they did. Um, that's not something that we'd have said if they hadn't have been going on last for that title. Um, we would have told them to to rein it in a little bit. Just as it was, uh, James Scott had to uh, get to get to Kingston because it's, not only does he is he a professional wrestler, he's also um, a professional DJ um and he goes to fucking loads of raves and clubs and that performs all over the country um and he had to get away and do a show another show so he not only did he did he win the title uh that night he uh he ended up, uh, ended up shooting off and having a fucking uh doing a great set and making some good connections a uh a, a rave that he was uh playing on so the 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 main event had to go on first and I really didn't want that and also what I really didn't want was a four-way going on first because I didn't want a bunch of casual fans who maybe haven't been to a wrestling show before or a load, load of fans who, who don't, you know, who, who who don't really sort of understand wrestling for what it is be confused um, by the four-way match because, because again... Um, it can be a f- clusterfuck, do you know what I mean? Four people in there, the crowd not really get, getting what's what's going on. You, in my mind, it's just best to get a one-on-one match out there, good guy, bad guy, for no real titles. Have that fucking very important first match to set the tone um, so the crowd understand what's going on. They know what the, who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. They know they can boo the bad guy. They know they can fucking uh, cheer the good guy. The crowd would then understand them. Um, oh, okay. This is what a pinfall means. This is what a submission is. You know, I get it now. And then by the time the four, way would have gone on, which would have been at the end, they would have been well pumped up for it, re- uh, ready for it. And they would sort of, they would have probably understood it. But as, as things goes, it had to go on first. We had to put the limit the smash on last. And, The rest of the format, you know, sort of built up to it, it it ended up just being a fucking hell of a show with a fucking amazing finish and amazing pop. And it it was perfect because the show just built up and up and up and up and up. up. If you were to take any of those matches and watch them singularly and not be there on the night, again, you would say that they were pretty good probably um or some say that yeah that was a cool match but it only worked within the context of the show if that makes sense and that's why the show was so good because we actually worked for the show um not just for ourselves we worked for the show and when you do that um that's that's when you get that that's when all the stars aligned i felt like all the stars aligned that night it felt it didn't feel easy. I mean, I, I, in fact, sometimes it felt like the, the crowd were hard and we had to work for it. But it, but it but it just still, even so, they gave it back and they gave it back in spades. So you know, it was it was almost a crowd that you sort of had to work hard for to impress. But they gave you it back in 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 spades. And when they started to understand it and when they started to fucking actually get to grips with what was going on, um, which came sort of about a quarter of the way through your match then they will then they will with it um, and uh, with, it, with it all the way type thing, you know. I, know I, should, I should imagine a few beers helps with that as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Obviously, when we when we got into the arena and the, the crowd started to pile in, there was like, I don't know if it was like a, a hen do on and there was like a random people. Um, and I, it felt like almost there was like 50% sort of Falling Star Wrestling faithful and hardcore fans. And then the other 50% was just people that, you know, maybe live in the Heaton area or they just kind of turned up and they're like, oh, what's going on here? Or they was out for a, for a night out. So yeah, it, it was definitely difficult because, you know, when you go into a West Lynn and you know pretty much every person there is like a hardcore, you know, Falling Star Wrestling fan, when any wrestler comes out, they're going to spot them immediately. They're going to know who to cheer for, who to boo for. This felt a little bit different. And, you know, going on to the the way that the show was booked, yeah, I think it was probably difficult having the the four-way for the Falling Star Wrestling Championship on first. But like you said, if you pickpocket each of these matches and you put them on a different show in a different place, like they probably would be different matches as well. Like you said, every match was there to serve a purpose, but they were also there to serve the purpose for the card. Like, like you said, it built up and it built up and there was ebbs and flows throughout the show. You know, it had a really, really nice flow to it. And, you know, just kind of diving into it a little bit. We had the, the four-way match for the Falling Star Wrestling Championship. Then we had two semi-final matches. We did a little limitless tournament for for those out there that didn't watch the show um, Um, And then they had the final for the Litmus Championship on at the end. Then we have a little bit of an impromptu match just after the break, which was yourself and Matt, which we'll get into. Then we had a two-on-one sort of um, kind of exhibition match. So it had a little bit of everything for everybody. And, you know, all the Falling Star Wrestling guys there had a bit of an opportunity to show off. And obviously Jack and Callie got an extra chance because they actually had two matches together. And I think those guys worked together really, really well. And it showed in the main event. But that main event wouldn't have worked if we hadn't have had the previous two matches that they were both in to kind of showcase what they're about and then go and and just kind of go crazy on on the main event. So if Jaden Scar was around for the main event and the four-way match would have come at the the end, the card would have been reworked and we would have made it you know, just as good a show, because I think sort of, like you said, the stars aligned, the people were there, everyone was up for it, the crowd were hot if we if we could get them into it. And then it could have crescendoed to the point where, you know, Jaden Scar is in the middle of the ring holding up the belt and people are going absolutely bonkers, you know, with their minds blown and, and CW in the ring kind of, you know, kicking things over and stealing his kids' sweets. So you could have switched it around, but you know we we had to do what we had to do and that's that's the way the event went didn't it
1: we would have worked it and and it it might have been just as good we'd obviously we never know it didn't work that way again another thing that the, the reason why i liked it is because we all even though we all take the piss out of each other backstage and rib and fuck about and you know some of us are really good friends and there's but there's just pockets of people when they're in their bit and, you know, we're in our bit and, you know, fucking around all this. But we all still know where we are, know that it's a friendly environment. And, you know, and I, th- I do think that that helps um, the wrestlers motivate themselves to actually want to put on a good show for the people and and for the promotion. You're trying to showcase yourself too, so you you want to go out there and, and you don't want to fuck up or embarrass yourself or whatever. You know, I would imagine that, that if the four way would have gone on last year, you would have fucking completely you would have completely busted out and fucking it would have, you know, it would have been mind-blowing. You know, we may as well we'll start with the first match. So the the first match was for the Falling Star Heavyweight Title Fatal Four Way. It was one fall, so um, it wasn't elimination, uh, which I prefer. Really, um, you know, with one fall is, is is you can do so much more with psychology psychology wise, which will which we'll get to. Um, but it was Furio, PVC, so yourself, Jaden Scar, and C W Davies. So it was the, the the belt was vacant because we took it off Jade Nascar um, because of the whole COVID thing, that we had to revoke all the belt belts because no one had been able to defend them, even though it was no one's fault. Um, we still had to follow the letter of the of the falling star wrestling contract to law. The belts had to be revoked. So as it stands at the moment, um, two of the titles have been uh, won. one. That is now the tag belts that we've that we gotta worry about but um but yeah so th- this show um uh, started off with that four way just explain to the punters you know anyone it, it, to listen to this why it's it's hard um to start with with a fatal four way match um it's hard for the wrestlers it's hard for the crowd and especially when it's for the heavyweight title and you're on first now on a, on a, the first match on a wrestling show is extremely important um, because you've got you've got quite a few jobs to do. Um, the main one is obviously to keep each other safe. but the second one is you've got to set the pace for the rest of the show and let the crowd know um, and try and explain to the crowd right this is, this is what wrestling is for the people who've never seen it before because we, you know, a lot of people, and you'd be surprised at the amount of people um, and a couple of people um, who spoke to me that night um, who've never been to a wrestling show live before. Might have watched a bit of it on TV years ago. Okay. So there was, a, for example, there was a, an old man, an old couple who watched the show, thought they'd come and watch wrestling because they used to like the old world of sports stuff. Now we didn't really give them a great deal of world of sports stuff, even even though the second match provided a lot of technical wrestling, which we'll get to. But when they left, they said, Oh, we used to watch wrestling years ago when it was on TV. But and, but the other boy went, That's that's the best, that's the best wrestling I've ever seen from anyone, anywhere. He said it was it was brilliant. I've never seen moves like that. I never dreamed people could do things like that. And I said, Yeah, yeah, I said, well, wrestling's Wrestling's changed since the old Jackie Palo days. And I said, I wish I hadn't, but it has. It's changed, and you've got to move with the time sort of thing. And he went, well, I thought it was excellent. He said, I thought it was absolutely excellent. He said, superb, superb. So well, that obviously worked with him. But the importance of that first match uh, to try and set the tone for the show, um, you know, let the crowd know what sort of quality that they're in for wrestling-wise, uh, excite the people that already know what wrestling is, get their blood pumping have very very obvious baby faces and heels preferably have uh wrestlers that the, the regulars know uh, on first if, if you've got a, if you've got a character wrestler uh, especially if they're a heel sometimes you know best to use in the first match uh, overload them with that heel and baby face action so that they so that they can get get on board lose their inhibitions because the crowd are going to be quite sort of shy when they come in so that they're happy to cheer and fucking scream and holler and hoop for the rest of the show set that fucking pace for the rest of the show you are not you're not a warm up because you know a warm, a warm up would be something fucking gentle or whatever but you you are um the first thing that that company is going to put out and that crowd is going to see so you need a very definite example of what wrestling is. And that's why it's normally, normally a singles match, a best a, a tag match that I would put on. So just so the crowd can understand easily what's going on, but also be entertained by, you know, the action that, that's provided in the ring, which is normally quite sort of fast and furious, um, but also very, very obvious. And I keep saying it, very, very obvious, who is a good guy and who is a bad guy. That's, that's, it's extremely important, normally to me as a booker. Um, I'm very set in my ways in that one. So when the four-way went on first, I was like, fuck, I hope that we have our sort of regulars in to be able to, you know, help the crowd and guide them through who sort of people are. And we did, to a certain extent. We did have uh, our, our regulars. Um, but also, like you say, a lot of new new sort of people in the holiday makers. I don't know if you if you noticed that show probably had the least amount of kids in of any of our shows. There was hardly any kids. There's shit loads of adults. Not that many kids in general. Like it, the 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 show was sort of I'd say sort of eighty five percent adults. Um, and it's and it's normally the kids that make the fucking noise and 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 go and go ballistic. You didn't even have the advantage of that. So the four way match kicks off. Maybe if I pass it over to you so you can tell me sort of like what you did in the match, how it ended up, how you sort of planned it and then um, think about how it went, and then I'll give maybe a bit of a verdict and a little bit of a re- review, because I did I did watch this one. I, I was peeking through the curtain, and I did see it.
0: From my perspective, it's hard for me to have kind of like a rating on the match, because it was a four-way match, and that's quite a difficult thing to be in. You can't always have four guys in there working at the same time. So, like, there was a lot of times that I was not, sort of involved in the match. So there might be a bit of a flurry, something might happen, then you get hit by a move and you sort of roll out of the ring and start selling on the outside. And, th- and at that point, I'm focusing on sort of trying to like sell my arm or, you know, sell my lip and pretend I'm spitting out blood or whatever. So at that point, I'm not looking into the ring and, and watching a match like I would, you know, if it's a tag match, I'd be on the side, you know, cheering whoever is on in there and I'd actually be able to get, a, a grips to to what the match was like. So from that perspective, it was, it was quite hard for me to kind of really judge what the match was. But I, I personally had a lot of fun with the match, and you know the the crowd did seem quite quiet because, like you said, we we had Ro- Robbie go out there and do his little introductions, and normally he tries to get the crowd you know rearing to go, and he'll give yo give me a cheer, and it'll be like a, yay. And I thought being the other side of the curtain, waiting to go out. When you hear that cheer, you can normally tell what kind of crowd they're going to be. And they were quite quiet. And I think he had to do it a few times, you know, that's not loud enough, give me a cheer. And it's like one decibel loud and you're like, oh, this, is, this might be a little bit difficult. But then kind of as soon as we got out there, and I think our characters kind of worked in that, in, in our favour a little bit, but it wasn't until a certain point in the match. I think it's what you said to me, Jim, and it kind of makes sense. So we kind of had an opening where, you know, the bell rings and we're trying to tell this story that CW Davies is the rightful number one contender and he doesn't really care about Fury or myself. He just wants to take Jaden Scar out and take his belt or what was, was his belt basically. So we had those two kind of come in and then CW pushes Jaden out the way, Furio kicks Jaden. I kick Furio, and then we kind of go into this sort of, you know, almost like a melee at the beginning, which kind of almost ended where everyone gets thrown out. And then I'm in the middle of the ring and I'm kind of looking around. And I think that's, that's the point in the match where people were like, right, we've kind of got through the admittedly probably quite clunky start. Like I think we, we weren't quite warmed up. We didn't warm the crowd up as much as we could just at that point. But I think at that point, like three people were on the outside. They'd just seen a a few cool moves. And then they see me sort of slide into the ring and sort of like do a 360, just looking at everybody in the crowd and sort of like just trying to tell them, you know, almost telepathically, like, you know what's going to happen now. Normally in wrestling, if there's a couple of people on the outside and there's one person in the ring and they look like they're jeering to go, like, you know, something something hopefully special was going to happen at that point. And I just knew that I couldn't just kind of just get up and run and do a dive to the outside. I knew at that point I just had to be like, right, I need them to to tell me they want to see it, because if they're not going to cheer for it, I, I probably would have done like a baseball slide and just been like, you know, done with it. But I could just feel sort of the electricity and people's sort of you know asses start to unclench and their their hands start to get a little bit warmer, and I could just feel the energy. And the original plan was for me to basically do a suicide dive through the ropes. And I kind of got caught up in the moment, and I was just like, right. I feel like something big needs to happen here. And I think a suicide dive will do it. People do these all the time. You know, it's a dime a dozen in WWE and on the indies. And I just thought, right, I'm going to go over the top rope and I'm going I'm to hit the ground and hopefully something nice is going to happen there. So I do the 360, trying to G the crowd up, hit the ropes, dive over the top, hit the ground, stand up and just scream like almost like, kind of almost like uh, ferociously or like feral. I, I was just like, I was feeling it there. And I was just like, what's my name? And I think that was when the crowd properly just thought, right, we're in for a good night's action i i hope that's what came across and i don't know about yourself jim because you spoke to me about it afterwards yeah you? that
1: that that was because i i was watching it and and I, this is what i personally think we've established already that a lot of the crowd weren't falling in star wrestling regulars weren't falling star wrestling fans at the start so they have got this they've got these four fucking people in front of them robbie when he went out again he did a great job a fantastic job During that night, and I I can't take anything away from him, but he did, you know, what an experienced MC um, probably wouldn't have done, and he sort of gave up on the crowd, if that makes sense. So he went out there, didn't get much of a reception, didn't make too much of a big deal at the fact, you know, that he was out there, but he was, he wasn't sort of really geeing people up. His voice didn't didn't emit a uh, sort of fucking particularly uh you know energetic tone it, he, you could tell he was probably quite nervous um, which he, he he has every fucking right to be because it's his third time in scene and it's a packed house and it's a big show and you know we we need to fucking we need to get him going we want we want him to come back as well so he's he's come down and when he's got when he's got in the ring and I said you know I said I did say to you before and right sometimes we have quite a difficult crowd here because uh, it's not our, a lot of people on our regular crowd There's also there's a lot of friends and family out there like a few, pe- a lot of people came to see Jack, a few people came to see, see me because I, I sort of live and grew up in that area so a few people came, came to see me, a few people who trained with us came down, Heacham's one of those shows where that's the only exposure to Fallen Star Wrestling they get because it's closer to where they live so they just wait for it to come to Heacham if that makes sense rather than travel up to travel up to Lynn or whatever. And normally we only do each and once a year. Um, so they, they're not as used to the the noise and the chaos. They really do need to need, need to have it brought out of them. I think what Robbie did and what you guys did at the start of your match was just rush. Um, so Robbie, Robbie came out and he did a little bit of his spiel, but rather than not give up on the crowd, and say, look, I'm not getting any wrestlers out here until you blow the roof off this place. When I count to three, I want you all to chant F-S-W, or I want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to fucking, you know, it's all scream, blah, blah, blah. They, he just slowed down. He went out and he said, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for some wrestling? Crickets, are you ready for some wrestling? And someone goes, yeah. And then he's I can feel his heart pounding. He just wants to get the fucking wrestlers out. So the wrestlers are coming out. The show started very quickly. He didn't do the right, ladies and gentlemen. So here's a, here's, here's, uh, here's a few warnings. Please don't. Blow so please don't get the uh, get the ring hurt. The wrestlers. Please don't swear. Please don't do this. Please don't do that. I don't even know if he did that. I can't remember. But if he did, he he rushed. So it was the only mistake that Robbie made during that entire um, show, MC and wise. Because afterwards, the crowd were into it. So he had felt more relaxed, and he started to enjoy it. So the crowd started to enjoy it. So he, what we admit rubs off on people. The only, the only thing I will say about the four-way, which, like I said, and I said it to you, the fucking, all of you the second you got in, I watched the beginning, and when you started, none of the moves seemed to really look particularly good or connect. Everything was a bit rushed. I couldn't really work out what story you were trying to tell within that opening even though you just told me now I couldn't work it out then I couldn't work out where you were going with it um I just know that it was extremely rushed for example like Furio's spin kick that he hit on Craig it looked it looked rubbish like and then he did another kick that that didn't didn't look particularly great um CW did something that looked, that looked pretty pretty shy I can't remember what it was but you were rushing your start because you, the crowd weren't responding. And there was just that sort of, for some reason, there was that momentary panic. And I think also like even the experienced guys were panicking a touch because it's like, fuck, I know how to get the crowd back in a in a singles. I know how to get the crowd in a tag. How the fuck do I get them back in a full way? Because I'm 25% of the match here. I'm not 50% of it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm 25% of this fucker. If, if, if the other guys aren't, doing their bit for all one of us is out of place and we, we're not getting the crowd. How the fuck do we get the crowd back? And the answer is, and you did exactly what it was. You hit an explosive move. Boom. You fucking shouted PVC. You stopped. You looked around. You had some energy at that point after you did that flip, because again, you, you weren't probably weren't going to do it. You thought the match needed something special, which you were right. You looked around, you engaged with the crowd. You took your time fucking hit the ropes, did your flip, landed, shouted PVC. The crowd loved it because it was a fucking cool dive. Um, you looked around and the crowd were engaged because you slowed the fuck down. And after you hit that fucking, uh, after you hit that, uh, suicide dive, the flip over the top rope, then you all clicked and settled down. And then the match went into gear. That's what I found from that point there.
0: Well, that was kind of the point of the match because we wanted to sort of have that. We we almost designed it to be quite a fast opening and maybe that that was sort of to our detriment, but we wanted kind of fast, up-tempo, upbeat, kind of bam, 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 have the big dive and then kind of break off into, you know, almost pairs because at that point I get up, I've just taken all three guys down, I pick one of them, I pick Fury up, throw him in by by his hair, get him in there, give him a forearm and a bulldog, go for the pin and we're working together a little bit, we're doing a few moves and then I get pulled out and kicked in the head and then, you know, another person comes in and it's sort of like you kind of have that sort of one in, one out, almost not not tag team style, but with a four way, it's difficult when you've got three people in the ring because unless you're playing a story where two of the heels are maybe teaming up on one person, which, which CW and Furo did do a little bit on me, it's kind of difficult because... Everyone's in it to win it. And it's that kind of, it's that psychology of like, it's one fall to a finish. Maybe if we did do an elimination one, it's a little bit easier because two people can work together and be like, right, I'm going to hit my big move and I'm going to pin him. And you don't have to worry about the other guy breaking it up because it's in their favor to have less people in the match. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, of course. It it, it does make sense. But I mean, it, you, I mean you must, you, I understand, I do understand what you, what you were trying to do. Like now, like thinking about it, I understand what you were trying to do. Again, you were trying to involve all four people, trying to get their sort of styles and characters over, um, and you needed to obviously need to do that, um, you know, fairly quickly. But again, you know what wrestling's like. Unless the crowd understand what you're doing, then they can't soak it in. And I think that you guys just did it a bit too quick. Just some of it. Just to start, I'm, I'm literally talking about like the first three minutes until you did that dive, just looked a touch scrappy. People weren't hitting their moves nice. Um, people were a little bit out of position. You, you guys weren't putting in the quality. You weren't letting the, the crowd breathe. Now, if that was by by design, then you you pulled it off. I think that if that would have been Slowed down a touch, and so you could have been in position a bit more. um The moves could have looked a little bit, a little bit smoother. Now I'm not fucking one for moves, as you know. I don't really. I'm not great at doing them, and you know I'm fucking not a great at taking them. I'm old, fat, blah blah blah. But if you're gonna do something, the crowd need to absorb it. And I just think for that first few minutes there at the start to be honest with you I can't remember what you did at the start you might have heard it perfectly I just to be honest with you I just remember it was Rob and CW that were sort of um, that linked that, that to rush a little bit so
0: I was, I was opposite Furio, CW was opposite Jaden, and then uh, CW and Jaden kind of met in the middle of the ring and then sort of like they were, you know, mouthing off at each other and CW pushed Jaden and then sort of started to get out of the ring. At that point, Rob was meant to hit his kind of Trouble in Paradise spinning heel kick. And at that point, he gets up and then I just nail him with a claymore and then just start like going to town. But then CW attacks me from behind. So it's that kind of like... Bam, a move. Bam, a move. And then like kind of a bit of chaos until it kind of simmered down. But I I, I actually agree. It did feel a bit awkward. That
1: twisty kick, right? That twisty kick didn't look very good. Um, It wasn't taken particularly well by Craig. Your Claymore, I don't think, I don't know how that, felt all connected it was so like boom and then charlie coming in like like you say bang 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 again and it sounds like i'm pissed on a really good match because it does turn out to be a really good match and we'll go forward but the start again was 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 rushed so the crowd couldn't absorb so the crowd couldn't absorb it and you guys couldn't execute the moves as well as you would normally do if it was a singles match i don't know if you were nervous beforehand I don't know if anyone was nervous beforehand, but I felt like you, you didn't quite know where to put yourself for that for, for that start to try and to try and get people over. Because I know it's a four way match. It's not a match that you see on every pay-per-view. You remember you remember you remember when we did our promo um at West End to sort of G up for this match and Craig was going, going ballistic, you were all trying to fight each other, and I come out and made the match. Um, or you yes, start making a match that had that, some real intensity into it fucking Craig looked like he was insane CW looked like he wanted to kill him you fucking looked like you wanted to kill every, you know, kill kill those guys and you weren't going to be fucking pushed around there was some real intensity there and and the look in people's faces the wrestlers believed it so the crowd believed it and it was really, really, really over the, obviously added your furio a little bit later Um, but it was just the three of you at that point that promo and everything worked really well because the intensity there but when Craig and and CW met in the middle you know at that start there wasn't that intensity there then was there do you know what I mean they weren't fucking screaming at each other barking at each other pushing each other and then you two coming in and going actually what about us then pushing you away that sort of shit do you know what I mean there wasn't that there wasn't that intensity at the start because you were cold and you were first and it was and it's and it's hard it's it's really, really hard. And if the crowd aren't feeling it and you're not feeling it at that particular point, it's really hard to emote that. You have to really dig deep. So what I'm saying is, 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 is it's easy when the crowd are with you, um, but when they're not and you have to really work for it. You, you're right. Everyone did need to get a little bit into establish who they were and what sort of character they were and blah, blah, blah. If you just slowed it down, you could have been in your position, hit the moves correctly, and it would have worked just as good. You did your dive, but then when you shouted PVC, because you were pumped, because you just did a cool dive, landed it and survived, you fucking were pumped, and the adrenaline went through your body. So you shouted PVC like you meant it, and then the crowd were like, oh, what a fucking cool move that came out of nowhere, and you emoted really big, the crowd fucking came on board, and then when the crowd came on board, you all fucking your lights, all of you, like all of your lights, all four of you switched on, and then we had a fucking great match that that came out of that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think us being in the opening position. Didn't really work for us because I I feel like it was sort of like, like you said, we had the promo before it's four of Falling Stars, you know, kind of more established guys. We're wrestling for the top belt. And like you said, we we went into a ring cold. We went into a crowd that wasn't quite warmed up yet. And we just went in there and we just had this idea of like, right, we're on first. So what, what do you do when you're first? You need to get the crowd going. You need to have like boom, 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 action. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Keep it flowing. So I think that was in our minds. And I think it probably, it probably did us a detriment because we were probably thinking, right, we're on first. Rather than like, right, we're the main event. We're going to go out there. and We're going to do, do a bit of time. We're going to get our characters over. If we were in the main event, if we were the last match, you know, that start would have been a lot different. We could have taken our time with it. We, we would have, you know, milked it. We would have enjoyed it. We would have gone through and tried to tell a bit more of an intricate story but I think we were like ah oh, we're on first we need to get it done get it out of the way and you know just kind of move on with the event um, you know and then that's that, that's the way it goes you, you were given what position you have to go in on a wrestling show and you do with it what you need to do but I think with it being first we went right we need to do high octane we need to not give, you know, the crowd a second to breathe. We need to, you know, if there's four guys in there, we need somebody, two people in the ring doing at least one kind of good move or getting the character over. So that's the way we kind of booked it. And obviously we wanted the overarching story to be CW Davies, the former number one contender versus Jaden Scar, the former, you know, Falling Star Wrestling champion who didn't lose the belt, got it stripped off of him. And they're the two main guys with the, you know, the supplementary characters on the outside. Um, and we tried to do that throughout the whole match. We tried to do that first bit where it's the push off and then they don't touch. And then later on in the match, there's a little bit where uh, Jaden Scar hits, hits the beautiful disaster, or whatever the disaster kick off the ropes. That's his finishing maneuver. Hits it on CW Davies. People think he's going to win. Furo comes off the top with a double stomp. It's like kind of taking that away. And that was, that, that, was, a beautiful that was the spot. only bit of action.
1: That was a beautiful spot. And that worked, that, that fucking worked a treat. I love that spot. And again, I think to the guys who did it, like, that was an awesome disaster kick. Um, CW took it nice and fucking, and the, the stomp as well. Like, I don't know how stiff it was. Apparently it wasn't apparently everyone, You know, it was fine. Like that was, that was a fucking, that was a really cool, Break up and that was timed beautifully that was some good timing right there and I really enjoyed that spot that was good so that
0: that was the only kind of time apart from the start that's the only other time that they kind of touched each other and then after that they didn't really touch until there was one point where cW's kind of running rampant and he hits the um hits the tombstone pole right or hits the spear on Jaden scar so we're like right that's his big move picks him up gives him the tombstone there's nobody else in the ring Furos on the outside I'm on the outside. We really wanted to give it that impression of like C.W. Davies, he's just hit his two biggest moves. There's nobody around. What's going to happen? And obviously C.W.'s left a little leg for me. One, two, I grab him by the leg and pull him out. And that was our kind of little exit out of the thing so that, you know, Jaden and Furio could go on and do their thing so that C.W. wasn't involved in the in the decision of the, of the, of the title. So we could kind of have that, you know, they split up and then come back at the end with obviously me and C.W. sort of fighting to the back. And um, I don't know if you saw what happened, Jim. So um, we're fighting around the merch table and CW picks up a bottle of hand sanitizer yeah, saw and that. squirts it right in my face.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw I Not like, cool. Fuck,
0: not not a great I, I, I just thought it was a bottle of water. I didn't see it. And I assumed he thought it was a bottle of water. But then as soon as it hit me in the face, like it was that just overall taste of alcohol just in my mouth. And I was like, what the hell? Like me thinking, like, not, not thinking it's a uh, hand sanitizer. I thought it was like a bottle of water or somebody, you know, snuck in a bottle of vodka or whatever and they were just topping up their glass. And I was like, oh, it's like vodka. And it like bit went in my eye and it's all around my mouth. And I was just like, and at that point I knew we were just going to fight out to the front and that was us done. And luckily I literally, as soon as that hit, I just ran out the front you know and CW came chasing after me pretending to be like you know trying to chase me down and, and bat me a bit further, but I just collapsed on the outside of the front. It was just, like, just like, just this awful. It's like, you know, just, just imagine just standing there one minute and then the next minute you just get this shot of just alcohol and just nasty taste in your, in your eyes and in your mouth. And like that for me, I was, I was just like that I was out of it. So like, I have no idea how the, how the ending went. I assume it was all right. And then we had a little bit after the, the match was won Jaden gets his belt, goes onto the stage, CW enters back in and is in the middle of the ring, you know, kicking stuff and screaming and hooting and hollering and complaining. And that was kind of the the visual that we wanted to leave... The falling star wrestling fans with at the end, Jaden Scar won convincingly. He didn't, you know, but he's got out of dodge and he's escaped the the wrath of C W Davies. And then hopefully further down the line, these two guys will meet and you know it'll be a one on one piece of action and they'll just go at it and 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 have a good time with it. But whether we told that story, I don't know because I was outside holding my eyes and and <laughs> almost throwing up.
1: No, you did. No, you well, yeah, you thought it was vodka, didn't you initially? But then it was yeah, uh, fucking C W went no, fuck, sorry, it was hand sanitizer. I thought you'd shut your eyes or something like that, or I can't remember what you fucking thought. Yeah, not not the cleverest thing to do, but you know, still whatever. It's a story. I saw you brawl towards the merch stand, um, you know. I, but obviously, I was looking in the ring to see what was going to happen with the with the finish and the whole match from the dive forward. Was was perfectly done. You did really well. You got some good shit in, like you said. You did that little spot with the with the bulldog. Uh, Jaden came off the top rope, and I think the guys are a bit too far away for him. But that forced him to really launch himself for his fucking clothes double clothesline off the top. That looked awesome. The double stomp looked uh, looked awesome. Remind me of some more moves that you did, Shawnee, because I I, I I I did see them all, but they'll click into my head to see whether they looked awesome. Did, did you to do, do anything off the top? I
0: didn't do anything off the top. No, the the, the high, highest flying action I did was the, the dive to the outside, threw Furio in, uh, hit him in the buckle, did a bulldog, picked him up for the TKO, got pulled out by CW, and that was sort of my little bit there. Then later on, I kind of rushed in, tackled Furio, got him in, sent him into the ropes, ducked a clothesline, got him in for the um, the side effect, hit that boom, one-two kick out, was um Ging up for the TKO, CW comes in and spears me as I TKO um, Furio, which... Which was that, that was pretty much the last spot. And then I was on the outside, and then I just kind of yanked CW out after he hit the tombstone on Jaden. So I didn't have a, a, a massive lot to do. And I guess, you know, with four people in there, I think we only went eight, 10 minutes, you know. So everyone had a little bit to do, but I think it, it turned out that we didn't have you know, co- collectively we had a lot to do, but individually we didn't have loads and loads and loads to do. So basically I hit a, hit a claymore, I hit a dive, I hit a bulldog and I hit a side effect, went for a TKO a couple of times and got speared on one, you know, so um, probably took more than I gave.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, like I say, it's still, unfortunately, even though it was for the Falling Star Heavyweight Championship um, and it was a full way and it was obviously built up to be a main event. And, you know, this again, I'd have to emphasize guys, this was meant to go on last. So, you know, these guys had to fucking totally adjust the style and the content of their match. The only thing, the only instruction I gave was that to further the storyline between uh, Jaden and CW, asset. Um, so I didn't want Craig, especially Jaden, to pin CW because again, what's the fucking point? That doesn't give CW anything. Well, it gives him a lot to be angry about, but it also brings his value down a little bit, his stock a little bit down. And I want CW now to be a fucking heat magnet. Um, until they eventually have their match, you, you guys weren't padding or filler, but it it, it was a it was a four way match to keep obviously keep that interest going. Like, what could fucking happen, you know? And it also gave Craig a, 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 a an opportunity to pin someone else other than CW to get that belt and make sure that there's that visual at the end of CW in the ring. Um, and quite far away from Craig, Jaden on the stage holding the belt. Because I, again, psychology wise, if uh, they both in the ring and CW are so pissed off, he's the sort of guy just to fucking pummel someone. And that, again, that was going to be a part of the finish as well. If that was going to be the last match, we were going to do it where CW was going to uh, fucking go ballistic, start pummeling people, slamming people, slamming refs, doing all that sort of stuff. But again, we couldn't because it would have been overkill for the first match. So the visual had to be there. We had to show that CW was extremely pissed off and he couldn't touch Jaden Scar because he was too far away. He was on the stage, so I just said I wanted that visual for the finish. But the, yeah, the match—the match itself was a, was a really good match. And when you got everyone got into the flow of things, I remember you know I've done four way matches before, you know, and three way matches, and and I don't I don't really like doing them, but yeah you you don't do a lot when you're in them the match that's fucking it's hugely exciting and hugely um action-packed when for the crowd when they're watching it because they're watching they're watching the whole thing but you collectively as a wrestler like you're just waiting for your cues to go and do your bit do you know what i mean and then fucking do your bit and get out and wait for your next cue and do your bit again and way out right this is what i'm doing in the finish blah 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 boom and you can't really be brawling on the outside with the other guy because it takes the attention away from what's happening in the ring. Either two people have to be like knocked out with a massive move for a little while whilst the other two go at it and then swap around, chop and change a bit. It's a very, they're really hard matches to do guys. Like they, you know, for for, for fans who just watch it, like they're so hard to, to get right and get the psychology in there, but you managed to do it and it was ended up as the show went on it ended up being the perfect match um actually in the perfect place on the card for an opener i I think you you guys pulled it off beautifully i just think it took you a couple of minutes to get settled in but that's not a bad thing it took the MC a couple of seconds to settle in but that's not a bad thing and it took the crowd a couple of minutes to get settled in and that's not a bad thing they were learning and by the end of the match they fucking knew what was going on. They knew what the what needed to happen for a guy to win. They, they knew who, who you all were. They knew who the good guys were. They knew who the bad guys were. And the guys who come to our shows on a regular basis obviously knew the storyline with it. It continued it, it furthered it, and it got it to a point where now like, okay, that's, that's gonna be the feud um that's that that's going to go on for a little while um you and furio um even though you dislike each other storyline wise there's no reason for you to go into a storyline you've wrestled each other a million times the crowd has seen it in fall and star wrestling a million times you can go and not uh, go off and do something else and when we're off air i'm going to tell you what 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 you're actually going to do because i've got an idea a fucking cracking idea um and uh yeah i've got some ideas for Firo, so but that's off air shit and we can't i can't can't give <laughs> can't give away trade secrets in that sense of what of what's going to, uh, going to happen in the coming months in fallen star wrestling um but it's 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 going to be cool i think you'll agree with it um anyway um but the match itself i really liked it but i just didn't think it was going to have the heat behind it that it needed but by that that by the time you did that dive And by the time the match got to its crescendo, people knew what was going on. They were excited by it. Some nice forces, some nice breakups or whatever. You obviously, like you said, you were first match. So you knew your role. You knew you needed to fucking get that crowd to a certain point. You got on there. You were all very professional. You were fucking, uh, you all worked hard. um, And you made basically... uh, Chickens out of chicken shit, as they say, I'm wrestling. It, it's it was fucking. I was it was hard, and as time went on and the show went on, it actually turned out okay. When we talk about WWE and we rate matches, and we talk about FSW, we're very, very, very aware that. The WWE are in a fucking, you know, a whole new world. These guys are the, the top of the Premiership, you know, and we're and we're sort of in the fucking second division, you know, trying to climb up and claw up. We know that we know that we're not fucking Brock Lesnar folks, and we know that we're not fucking Roman Reigns. But you know, that show rivals any independent show that any independent company can fucking put on. It was brilliant. Um, you know, I, I I think that you you, you deserve a sort of three and a half to four stars for that one because I know how hard it was I don't know what a shit predicament and a shit situation it it, it it was but you had fun in trying to make it work and when you settled into the match I think you had fun obviously until you got hand sanitizer squared in your face um, <laughs> I know Furio hurt his back um, not for anyone doing anything to him I just think you know nagging rest of the injuries he's fucking got a bit of the old sciatica, okay, so that fucked his back up a little bit um, but he's still forged through. Um, you know, Craig's always an excellent performer, so are you. Uh, CW's, you know, a decent, decent heel, and you know, gets people gets people to hate him. In the end, it worked. And I think people were quite pleased to see Craig retain his retain the title that that he that that he got taken away from him. So the story's good in that sense as well. So storyline-wise, you hit the nail on the head. So obviously, like you say, I can't rate mine because I was in it. I don't really know what the fuck was going on, but I can rate yours because I watched it and watched it as a fan and obviously as a promoter and obviously someone who's trained pretty much. All you guys, I haven't trained CW as as much. Um, I was very pleased to see you guys pull it back, pull it in and fucking get the match on track and get over. So, um, so yeah, uh, really pleased with it. Thought it was a, thought it was a good match. I know they're not great matches to be in that. Yeah. You you pulled it off like three and a half to four stars. I'd I'd, I'd give that. And the reason I can't quite make up my mind um, is because obviously what, what needs to happen is, is I need to see what happens with, with the next show and see what the interest is with CW and and Jaden Scar, because that's what we've got to really, really build up to. So we, we need to have the crowd salivating to see that because that's probably going to be the main event of the next sports show. So we need to have people fucking so hyped before they see that. That um, you know that you know everyone's going ballistic, and that was sort of like even though they've teased exchanges and done bits, and they were meant to wrestle before, and COVID hit, blah blah blah. That was sort of like resetting the fucking storyline and putting it back on track again. Do you know what I mean? So that's sort of the the second first step after COVID. You guys, you guys did really well. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that the alcohol in your eyes, fucking upset you know not upset you but it was like it was a bit of a downer but you know in in the end you 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 wiped it off and you're all right and uh yeah he put on a hell of a hell of a first match
0: hey guys pvc here for a quick interruption falling style wrestling will be live on saturday september 11th at our spiritual home of the wesleyan sports and social club doors open at 6 30 with the action starting at 7 30. jimmy has informed me that there's going to be a special surprise so don't miss out And speaking of match two, it was the first Limitless tournament semi-final, which was uh, Jack Landers versus Tommy Lawrence. And I guess I'll just hand this over to you very quickly, Jim, because I didn't see this match at all, mate.
1: Right. It was very good. Um, They played it perfectly. Um, So you just had obviously a very character based match. The crowd were warmed up. Second match doesn't need to be absolutely fucking groundbreaking. And also Jack's got to wrestle later. Um, that Tommy Lawrence is a great little wrestler, great athlete, looks good, um, nice physique, you know, like, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if he is young, but he looks quite young like Jack does. So, you know, it looks like it sort of could be anybody's match. Tommy's still got quite a lot of work to do with his facials and expression and character and, you know, being able to get the crowd going. Jack had to do sort of a lot of that. But this is what I've always said at the training school, you know, like, um, sometimes it's okay to just go out there and wrestle for competition. Do you know what I mean? Like double bucking baby. That's what the match was a double baby face. So like two good guys. How are you gonna fucking how are you gonna make this match work? Will you make it a competition. Like this is a tournament. So the person who wins advances to, you know, to win a fucking you know, one of the most prestigious belts in F- F- FSW. They went in there, man, and, and they just fucking wrestled. They loads of fucking chain, loads of little fucking cool, um, nifty reversals and stuff like that. That was our sort of version of a modern world of sport match, really. It was, and I was fucking amazed. The crowd were eating up basic stuff. I, honestly, like 90% of that match could have been done on the judo mats at fucking Linsport on a Wednesday, like, you know, without the ropes and shit like that. It was really fucking good, man. They were just doing sort of just, you know, just basic, but cool looking, tight, neat, fucking chain wrestling, um, one-upsmanship, just competition style, like fucking grappling. And it was... It was great. There was a few little spots in there, you know, Jack ran up the ropes, Tommy did a little backflip on him for as a pin and a moon meet moonsault type thing, standing moonsault. The end was quite a flash, flashy little sort of run up, like, I don't know, run up the ropes. Um, and I can't remember whether it was like twisty head scissorsy type thing or something. I can't remember, I can't remember what the, exactly the moves were. I thought, this is when I knew this night was starting to be special because the crowd were just fucking loving wrestling wrestling that people did fucking 50-60 years ago. This wasn't like WWE star wrestling, this was British, fucking homegrown, fucking home crafted grappling. There were obviously a lot of lot of jack fans there. Tommy got over a little bit more. But it wasn't like Tommy was fucking being ignored. People were cheering for him too. Um, it was a bit of a sort of, sort of a split crowd, but more towards Jack's favour. Um, and they just had sort of a, a 10 to 12-minute um, pure wrestling match. But it was fucking great, and the crowd enjoyed it. You know, it was one of those matches that it, it was just perfect placement, they delivered the perfect match and it elevated the crowd a little bit more and obviously people liked the result because Jack won, Jack's going on to the finals so they know he's going. To, they're going to see him again. Um, Tommy had a really good showing, didn't disgrace himself, elevated himself a little bit more. As time goes on he's going to be an excellent, excellent worker but he's pretty good now it's just that he lacks that, sh- that showmanship side which is so fucking vitally important. But as an athlete, as an actual athlete and as an actual wrestler, he, he's great. And the match was, yeah, just a pure wrestling match. Great second match. Jack went over for match placement, where it was, what they did. It was fucking great. Yeah, I'd, I'd give I'd give this one a, a probably a sort of three and a half stars too because it, it was exactly what it needed to be.
0: Yeah well it was it was in the perfect place wasn't it and obviously it's a tournament match so they're not going to go all out and they're just seen a big balls out four-way match with big dives and big moves and you know all this kind of storyline stuff so for the crowd to sort of settle down and kind of get get used to what they're going to see perfect second match the third match was the second match in the Limitless title tournament this was a semi-final which had the Black Rose Gray versus the Sassy Bear Clarence and I got to see this match after uh, washing all the uh, hand sanitizer out of my face um, and I really enjoyed this match it was really good because again like they've gone from a technical wrestling match with two guys that are very apt in in what they do to two guys who have really really strong characters on the show and especially Clarence like Clarence every time I see him he's getting more and more over and it seems like he's doing less and less as well like people know what his character is they know what he's going to do and he doesn't need to go in there and do moonsaults and flips and big moves and stuff he just needs to go in there and gyrate and blow kisses and make maybe bust out the little cartwheel and then he did a little move towards the end where he did like a, a springboard back elbow. Looked great and it it just really hit really well with the fans and especially I think, you know, because like we said, 50% of it was Falling Star Wrestling fans who love him already. The other 50% of the crowd was like, you know, Hindus and stuff and he, he coming out with a feather bow and they're all wearing feather bows and stuff. Like they love that as well and he's going in there and he's doing simple stuff that gets his character over. They knew who he was instantly and all he needed to do was Callie gets him in a waist he gyrates his hips and hits him with his butt and people are like they're going mad for it you know so it's it's awesome um they they built up to a finish where the the ref was sort of backed into a corner one of them got whipped i think it was sassy and he kind of like is, you know puts his hands up like i don't, I don't want to hit the ref and then oh sorry it was it was cali and then sassy comes up behind him cali gives him the low blow obviously outside of the ref's view i didn't think that this finish worked in this match but as they carried this kind of finish over to the second match, this one worked perfectly because it made the second one so much better. And I don't know whether it was too quick, whether Cali could have left it left his like leg up there a bit further, or whether Sassy could have sold it a little bit more before Cali hit the straight jacket DDT. It was it was a cool match, and it did exactly what it needed to do. Callie tried his best. He had a little sort of back and forth with the fans. We've got a few hardcore, rabid Falling Star Wrestling fans that love to to sing to Callie, whether it's Sweet Callie Gray or all of these sort of things. And he's trying his best to kind of quell those guys. But I think sometimes when you pay attention to them, it kind of gets them amped up a little bit. But, you know, Callie is great and I can see why people do like him. But it's also easy to hate Callie as well. He's got great He's just got great facials and that straight jacket DDT is a pretty cool finish. And, you know, hit that f- to uh, head off to the main event, uh, in the final for the limitless championship. What did you reckon to the match, Jim?
1: Quickly, before I go on, review it. Like anytime, um, I, I see any pictures of the shows, every time there's a picture of Cali, you never catch a picture of Callie because sometimes like when, when you people show you the pictures that they've taken, I, there was this girl who came to West Lynn and, and she's interested in photography. So I said, come over and photograph West Lynn. She took thousands of pictures and and she came around mine the other day to show me a load of pictures that she'd taken. And she wanted to me to pick out a few, which she thought were the best and you know, how they, how they looked, how they worked, blah, blah, blah. Cause she's not a wrestling fan and doesn't really know a great deal about wrestling itself. She doesn't know what makes a good sort of wrestling photo, um, but she took some crackers. She took some absolute crackers. But what I said was, and what she said was about Cali Gray, is you never, ever catch him on any photo. And this is like, I'm looking at shit loads of photos. Basically, the, the, she's just going click, 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 click. So I'm looking at shit loads of photos of Cali Gray, and there's, there's never a time when I catch him... Looking fucking lazy, like uh, looking like he's calling something, you know, or whatever. His face is always fucking perfect. Do you know what I mean? Whether he's on the, whether he's working something, whether he's on the cell, whether he's walking around the ring, stalking you, whatever. His facials are always fucking perfect. His vocals are getting much better. His vocals are getting much better and he's getting much more settled in and he's understanding a lot more. Um, because he's one of the few guys that I haven't trained, but you know he wrestles on a lot of shows where it's you know move 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 move. When he comes to Fullness Star Wrestling, where it's actually like these guys want to see a fucking show, you need to fucking give them a show, start fucking getting those facials right and getting those vocals there. I suppose he has been having a little bit bit of trouble trying to trying to get those those vocals across, and to to to, to the point I like it, which is obviously a little bit of over-exaggeration, but now he, he's he got it, like the package is there, and when you started off talking about this match, this just goes to show how much it worked, how much, how much, even if you lose, it doesn't matter, when you started talking about this match, you just fucking went straight over to Clarence, and just fucking put him over, he lost, do you know what I mean, he lost, that was his fucking, that was his showing, but, by, just by the mere fact that 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 you even as you know even as a wrestler wanted to fucking just like pour that praise on on um, on Sassy for doing so well and getting his character over means that he left a lasting impression, which still elevates him and elevates Callie for going on over to the to the final. So Cal- Callie did his job perfectly by being that that conduit for Sassy to be able to do all his shit. And again, I remember talking to Sassy, and this this isn't trying to put myself over, but I remember talking to Sassy ages ago before COVID and saying, look, you're a character, okay? If you want to do this Sassy Bear thing, you're a character. Get some fucking spots that you do all the time that you know work, okay? And, you know, you're going to have to become an act. And he looked at me a little bit disappointed because obviously he still wants to be a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? But if you're going to have that sort of character, I don't think that you can be that big, gruff, rough, fucking you know wrestler does all the moves and does all the fucking whatever your character's too bold what you need to say right my my moves and everything i do has to work around my character and my character's totally outrageous character it's going to make people laugh it's going to make people's jaws drop you need to not draw jaws drop you need to work your move set around that and but your moves don't necessarily need to be moves. They could be actions. Like you say, wiggling your hips and fucking Cali, like getting bumped by us and stuff like that. Like things like that work. They're funny and they get you over, but you do become an act rather than an, an an entertainer. Some people want to be seen as right. I'm the, I'm a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I fucking go in there and I do wrestling moves and I, you wouldn't fucking get me doing that act in a million years. Like, and sassy's put everything into it. He's growing into it. He's coming up with a really good act. He still does a few cool moves and stuff like that, but they work for his character. I thought this was a good match. They've worked together quite a lot, so they obviously obviously gel quite well. Sassy's a big guy, and he does do some cool, impressive stuff. Like you say, that springboard elbow looks really good, especially for a man of his size. But the main thing is he's got some spots now that he takes with him um, to different shows that that work and he's coming up with more each time and he's becoming more expressive and all that sort of stuff. So that, that flamboyant, um, that flamboyant character isn't just a flamboyant character who does his bit, has does his little pose comes to the ring and wrestles like everyone else. He wrestles like Clarence would do. You would imagine he would do. Um, and it's funny and it works and it gets over and it's good for sympathy if there's a little bit of heat. Again, this was this was a semi-final match, so there wasn't a huge um, huge amount of heat on the Clarence. Didn't need to be. Callie realized it didn't need to be. Um, and obviously, Callie wanted to get over the fact that, you know, he cheated and boom, it, it, it worked. What um, What was said to them before the match was you know, go out there, have a very obvious sort of heel and baby character match. And the idea was to end it with a cheat that so people are pissed off that you obviously cheated. Um, but also in the final match, I want you to do that exact same cheat or extremely similar one for the finish there so we can do the dusty rest- restart. So it was whatever they chose um, that's what they needed to do at the end. Do you know, what I mean, at the end of the final match, or, or towards the end of the final match, just so the crowd could recognise it, and you know, it would get that heat again. But you're right. I think it was, I think it was done better in the final when you're doing that back heel to the balls, uh, even though it needs to be uh, sort of done quick because the referee can't see it, and you don't want to make the referee look like a dunce, it's just, yeah, Sassy needed to sell that like you've been kicked in the bollocks, you know. But I think, you like you say, he just sort of held his crotch, fell down and, you know, then took that DDT. For me personally, if he'd have kicked him in the bollocks and Clarence would have just really, really oversold it like, like absolute fucking mad, it would have got more heat. And I think if he'd have pinned him and put his foot on the ropes, that would have been enough. I don't think he needed to hit that DDT just yet. Um, you know, maybe on Jack a little bit later, which he did, but I don't think he needed to hit that DDT on on, on Clarence so much. I think they need to work more on that ball shot, like you say. It, you know, the DDT weren't a, a mistake, it was just like he kicked him in the balls, that's cheating, that's bad, but then he's hit with the DDT, um, but they, they still pinned him sort of clean, if that makes sense. I would have liked, I would have maybe liked to fought thought on the rope for that one or something, you know, even if you hit him with the DDT, I would have just liked that extra tiny little bit of cheating at the end for the pin. I just told him, whatever you do to cheat in that match, do it on Jack later on.
0: Yeah, and when that hit, like when it hit in the Jacks match, like people knew it from the earlier match, which was, which was just perfect because it's like, you know, what a wrestler would do. He goes into a match and he wins with a certain move and even though it's cheating, it's within the heels, you know, sort of persona to do so. He hits the thing on a much bigger opponent, you know, Sassy Bear Clarence kicks him in the nuts. The ref doesn't see it. Obviously the ref couldn't see it because he was literally in a blind position. So why wouldn't Callie attempt to do that later on? Because he's being bumped around by, you know, Jack Landers just doing all these crazy stuff. So why wouldn't Callie if he's found himself in that similar position again, because, you know, sort of wrestling is kind of poetry. It comes around again and, you know, sort of you, you train people to notice these kind of patterns and stuff. So when that happened again and Jack grabs him from behind and he hits the low blow, that's when people went, Oh, I've seen this before. Oh no, this is Jack in peril. And it's just like, oh, if he beat Clarence, who's a much bigger guy, with a low blow and then managed to get the victory, like we could see our, you know, our little young hero here go down to the hands of Cali Grey. And that's pretty much exactly what they saw. We're we'll, we'll getting to the last match. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting quite excited talking about that last match. But the first low blow perfectly set up the last low blow. So, you know, even though it didn't hundred percent work in this match. It worked because it worked later on, if that makes sense. Cause I remember when Callie and Sassy came through the, through the curtain because it was the interval afterwards. I went in there and I said, that was a wicked match. You know, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I gave them all the praise and just said, I just didn't think the finish worked, but little did I know I wasn't clued in as to what was going to happen in the main event. So, you know, what, what do I know? It didn't work in that bit, but it, it, it you know, worked too. that, that,
1: that they, were t- they were told, they were told by me and Matt um, specifically, to um yeah for for a cheap finish um that could be re- that they and i and i and to do it on jack uh later on um to so whatever you do to win however you cheat is up to you but do it on jack later on we'll do the dusty finish but like you know so, so I don't, i'll explain to everyone what the dusty finish is later when we get to it but yeah i thought they did really well i thought that was a Again, a nice, not a solid three and a half star match um, for where it was on the on the card. It concluded the first half nicely. Again, big character match. Sassy did awesome. Uh, Callie did awesome too. Um, and then you obviously set Callie and Jack up for the final, which people are going to know is going to be a good match anyway. But we've got a baby face, a big uber baby face, and we've got a nice heel too. So we've got all the factors there. We've got a belt. We've got two guys that we know can really go. So we've got a fucking main event on our hands, which is cool yep
0: three out of five stars for me really enjoyed the match then we had the interval next we came out we had match number four which was actually an impromptu match so uh Robbie came out and did his his usual spiel he came out get the crowd back into the match after the interval you know getting them g'd up again and then the music of the dark wolf Matt Walters hits and everyone starts booing Matt comes down he cuts a promo about how much he hated growing up in Heacham which schools he went to and why he left for the for the lovely shoreditch in London and then we hit the music of Mr. Jimmy Starr. Jimmy Starr comes out to defend the honour of Heacham, saying that he grew up here, he's a hometown boy, you know, and whatever you want to do, Matt, we'll, we'll go tonight. Jimmy hits the uh, the the cutter on Matt, and then the match starts, and then you just go, "We're gonna have a hardcore match." And I was just like, "All right." Sort of people were expecting just a kind of an impromptu singles match, and then when you added that stipulation in there, sort of people were smiling, and then they smiled even more, which was which was awesome. And um, from my perspective, and I, I don't want to take for you to take this the wrong way, Jim, I'm going to do it as a completely impartial, and I don't want to like blow smoke up your ass or anything, but it was an awesome match. I actually really loved the match, like you guys put on the right kind of hardcore match for that crowd. They didn't need to see blood and guts and gore and light tubes and tables. You did kind of enough hardcore elements, you know, using the chairs and the ladders, but you didn't really go like over the top. You weren't like gushing with blood. You weren't like going too far. You didn't use tacks or anything. It was like, in essence, it was sort of like a perfectly good WWE sort of style PG hardcore match, except you guys finished it with a, with a chair shot to the head. Um, and one thing that was evident in in this match over all of the other matches and again I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here Jim it was the selling like you guys did this so well like there was portions in the match where obviously Matt for a long time was basically wailing on you with this chair he was hitting you with a chair but there was lengths in there that he would hit you with a chair, he'd throw the chair down, and he'd start jaw jacking with the crowd. And I was watching you really intently throughout this match, and I was just watching your face, and I was watching your hands, and I was watching your body language. And just the amount you managed to get out of that people, you know, they they, they were into the match, and you got hit with a chair, and they were going, ooh, and they could see the pain on your face, and they could see your hands crunch up, and they could see your your back arching and you were you were literally holding your arms out to the crowd going like I need and you you literally say I could, I could read your mouth you' say I need you I need you and people could see that and then they started to come up they started to come up and you know and I think this is this is where you guys have experience where you know other people might go oh, I'm gonna hit you with three chair shots then you're gonna come back on me you waited and you waited then Matt came in and he hit you with another chair shot and the people were there and they were starting to grow and they were starting to grow and it got to the point where you're almost like you were almost ready to give up. You were you were holding your hand out, and then you know uh, the next point you managed to get your comeback, and the and the people were just going absolutely bonkers. And it worked. You got the sympathy. You you sold your ass off, and you took a suplex on a ladder, dude. What the hell? How how was that? Let me know how that felt. That looked like it sucked, man.
1: Um, well, to be honest with you, if if I ever do any time i do a hardcore match with with matt we tend to do um that spot the only time we never did it was in our big ladder match we decided to do a hip toss instead and it didn't quite work um as well as the as well as a suplex um that that actually isn't too bad a bump it didn't hurt as much as the chair shots like okay. the, because it because of the way it's set up If you think about it, that when when you suplex and you start to go over, say the ladder was on the floor flat, if I got suplexed on it like that, that would hurt a lot more than than the way we did it. Like, I still had uh, a ladder to fucking land on. And also, it's not all the way down to the canvas. So I haven't got as long a bump along as long a way down. I can hit it with my feet first and it make a load of clattering noises it's actually not that too bad a bump. Like I've sort of, I've, I've done that quite a few times at that spot over the years um, in, in hardcore matches with people that I trust. And it's normally Matt. It seems to work as a spot. There's a very old match on, um, I'm I think it's on YouTube from from years ago, uh, an I quit match and me and Matt did. And I did the same spot there. The difference is though, between the, um, that, that ladder is really fucking stiff and hard, like that ladder. I don't, I don't know where I got it from, but it's a fucking good ladder. If anyone, if to, to climb, that, that would never break on you, that thing, because that, that hasn't even got a dent missing out of it, and all of us have fallen on that. Uh, that's a fucking hard, hard ladder. I'm not gonna lie, it did smart a little bit, but those chair shots to the to, to the back, Matt was laying them in and he had to. It rests in Matt, obviously, you know Matt, he's quite a snug, but he was really, really good with me in that match. You know, everything was fine, everything was safe. Um, it, there was no there was no problems, and even the chair shots were safe, but it they it, he just you just have to lay shit like that in. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a hardcore match to minimize The actual fact, like rather than do 10 chair shots, like do three and sell them like fuck. So you're right, get the big cells in, um, which I tried to do, get that sympathy in. And we tried to keep it simple in the sense that like it was a really long shine, beat me down to the point where I'm virtually dust. And then I come out of nowhere and hit you with uh, three big moves and just fucking win. You can only know it when you're out there, feel it when you're out there. Like so, so for example, um, a bit, something in the match that that, that wasn't planned but that, but but looked good, for example, or, or worked. Um, I, I I did plan to Bill Matt off the top. That was that was that was planned to do the Ric Flair Bill off the top because there was a bit long crowd of ladies right near the turnbuckle. He he climbed up on. Um, I thought I'm going to go over and I'm going to fucking grab his plums and hold him there for a little while <laughs> and to get that visual. Do you know what I mean? That like that wasn't planned. Things like that ain't planned. So I just stood there, grabbed his plums and looked around and whatever. Um, and so the girls got a bit of a laugh out of it and everyone got a bit of a laugh out of it. Um, held his plums long enough to, to literally, to, for me to hear... I heard one of the girls go, throw him off, throw him off, throw him off. So I knew they had enough of me holding his bollocks. I really boosted him for that. And he really boosted off of me. And that was a fucking great bill. Like, that was a really yeah, good bill. Yeah. And, awesome. and it needed to be it because it, it, uh, I didn't fucking, uh, after that, I hit him with a car and bang, yeah, like you say, the chair shot. But yeah, like that, that, those matches are about selling. I mean, to be honest with you, we didn't really do a great deal. And I've rewatched it back. And, you know, that match was, like you say, a PG hardcore match. There's no gigging, no blood, no razor blades, no need for it. Um, what the crowd needed at, at that point was something totally different to what they've seen. Uh, and they need to see uh, again me, like the hometown boy, get get their ass kicked. And what better way to do it than than in a in a hardcore match? I thought the promo really worked well. I thought we we did what people don't realise is is a promo is a part of my shine. So when I'm a baby face, like it's, it, as much as the actual moves are a part of my shine, I need to cut a good promo. I can't be stumbling over my words. And I remember in the promo, I said, initially, you know, bring the crowd down a bit. I said, I was born in London. And the crowd go, boo, you know. I said, but, you know, I came here when I was a young kid. You guys welcomed me in. You've always treated me as one of your own. Um, You've always supported me throughout my 20-year career, whatever. And every single time I walk through that curtain, you guys give me an amazing response the longer I go on, the more you seem to support me, blah, blah, blah. So I love this town. I love these people. And then I point at Matt and I called him a poncy it's bitch or something like that. I can't remember what I called him. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then yay, big crowd. And then so give the mic back to Matt. Well, so what do you want to do about it, Jim? Do you want to wrestle? No. And I say, no, bring the crowd down. I want to fight. And then the crowd fucking go, yay. And then I give him the cutter. Obviously, before the match starts, and then I say, Whilst we're here, why, and I did my best for to McMahon. I said, Whilst we're here, why don't <laughs> we make it hardcore? Then <laughs> the crowd fucking covering their pants, then uh, fucking go and get the toys and and start from there. But yeah, there was some really nice little spots in there. Like you said, me and Matt quite experienced. So we know, and you know me, I know how to fucking. Uh, milk a wrist lock for a week so if someone's going to hit me with a chair I'm going to say it like fuck like I try and time things so for example like um, when I when I won the referee obviously has to announce who wins straight away once the bell rings but when they did it the second time I made up I, I made sure I climbed up and fucking uh, leaned over the leaned over the ropes Sometimes my hair was all down and shit I told the ref, tell Robbie to say my name again, say I've won again. So he went over and told the ref and he said, ladies and gentlemen, you're your winner, Jimmy. And the minute he said, star, I flip my hair back. I look at the crowd as if I'm fucking like about, about to die. Like I've just been through a war. And then he says, star. And then I look at all the crowd, make sure I look at them, scan them all with my eyes. Do a little try and do a bit of a three sixty the best I can while still selling. It's just shit like that. Do you know what I mean, trying to time things, even timing things with your name being called and the sell that you do. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was quite. I was proud of the match. Matt liked it. It was the perfect match at the perfect point. Um, we didn't need to do any more. We didn't need to do any less because uh, the first half was. Very fast-paced. Again, your match was boom, boom, boom. The other matches were sort of lightweight guys. So, you know, the stuff they're doing, even when they're not going at 100%, is still fast-paced compared to what I can do. You know, everyone knows that I've been doing it for a long time. I'm getting on how many fucking more beatings can this man take? Because I've obviously done quite a lot of hardcore and laddery things. They've seen me over the years. A lot of them have been following me for fucking, you know, decades now and seen the fucking ass kickings that I've taken. How can this fucking man cope with all this shit? Do you know what I mean? They know fucking obviously Matt's sort of in the same, not in the same boat because Matt looks like more an athlete than me, but they still know he's been around forever. And they, um, you know, treat him with, with respect to, uh, we've wrestled each other a million times as well. When you put two guys in there who know what they're doing and who can take their time and can use some toys too, like the chairs and shit. We were never worried about the the match. We What we were worried about was the fact, well, can we, how the fuck can we make people care about it? Um, because it was just, we, we didn't have a fucking storyline going into it. We just, you know, we just needed a fucking match. Well, I think we did very well in creating a little bit of interest in, in the short window we had. We gave them a bit of a pantomime in the short window of time we had, and it, it worked well, I think.
0: Yeah, most definitely. It definitely worked really, really well, because the crowd, you know, started off with the promo, they were into it then, then you came out, it kind of created that sort of intrigue there. It was the start of the second half, and obviously, you you don't always want to start the second half off with promos, but, you know, Matt did a good enough promo to get people to hate him, you did a good enough promo to get people to love you, which you know, set up the match and then they added a little sort of sprinkling on top with the hardcore stuff, just kind of got people out of their seats again and loosened up because they knew what they were going to expect. And, you know, you got the chairs out and you you got the little PVC canvas and that got a little pop for me. I was like, hey, thank you very much, Jimmy. But it was was good for where it was. And, you know, if anybody can take take away anything from that matches it's the selling and the timing and the pacing of how that was laid out because you know everybody wants their matches to look immaculate and clean and and perfect for the mvs and you know the little music videos and stuff but what you guys did you were there to entertain that crowd right there right then you know and everybody had a really really good time it doesn't matter what moves you did it was just a chair shot and you were looking at the crowd and people were just getting into it. they wanted you to win they were willing you to win they were clapping they were shouting they were screaming. you know they were booing matt they were cheering you and that is wrestling you entertained those people in that hall on that particular day you might but watch it back and go well actually it was a little bit slower than you know probably what you'd see on tv or than what you'd like but it worked for that particular point oh yeah
1: yeah my my matches never really look particularly good on tape because, like you say, I'm I'm completely I'm not there to play at the phone or the boys at the back. That, that you know I'm I'm there to to entertain the crowd and 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 so was Matt that night. And the, you were exactly right. You, you just you just you put it there in a perfectly constructed sentence. Um, we went out there to fucking really try and g up the crowd. You know, for the start of the second half, have a totally different match so we could take our time. We could fucking. I could get my sympathy. Matt could get his heat. Even even at the end, like I didn't even really have a have a comeback apart from the, the finish. But if you think about it, psychology wise. If I've been beaten to death with all these tools and taken a suplex on the ladder and all this sort of shit, I'm not going to come back with a flurry of clotheslines and fucking blah, blah, blah. People can see the fact that my back's fucking bleeding and bruised and shit like that and he's really levering me with these fucking chairs and I'm almost looking like I'm crying, trying, like you say, trying to pull myself up on the ropes. The gestures that... You do to try and get the crowd going and literally looking at them saying, Help me, do you know what I mean? I need you, do you know what I mean? shit like that. It works because it makes it more personal. If I can look at someone in the eye, a couple of people in the eye and say, please help me, or I need you, come on, let's fucking go. I didn't need a big comeback. Line, line, send off, duck line, full wasteland. What that, that would have killed it. How the fuck would oh, Jimmy must be Superman? He's just suddenly he was a second ago, he was on the floor crying, fucking telling us to telling us that he needs us. And so now all of a sudden he's fucking like you know he's he's running around like video gonzalez like like nothing happened no man just fucking finish it desperation fucking bill i know i took my time with the balls with grabbing his balls and that but that but i sold it like i was taking time because i was hurt and i needed to fucking just get my composure to throw him as far as i could and then bang so he made that matter. then out of desperation i hit my cutter and then, out of desperation, I found a chair. I even, if you watch it, I even pushed myself up with the chair to stand up to be able just to swing it to him. And then, when I pinned him, I just fell on him. Like, I didn't pin him like a scientific pin, I just collapsed on him you know, fucking one, two, three. So it's almost like a bit of luck, but I won, if that makes sense. Because, you know, I hit him, but I could have fell anywhere. Luckily, I fell on top of him. And if that be or a cutter and a chair shot, ain't going to finish anyone. This ain't AEW, do you know what I mean? We we knew where we were on the card. We fucking knew that there were going to be loads of falsies later. Didn't need it in that match. All we needed was crash bang wallop story, selling, sympathy. The challenge that we had more than anything, was just to try and make that match matter. And I think we managed that. So I was pleased with it. I was pleased with it.
0: Yeah, I think you should be pleased with it. And, you know, I know you're not going to rate your match and you can do if you want to. But for me, it was definitely a four out of five star match because, like, I was sitting there with with Joe and Dan at the merch table watching the match and we were looking back and forth and we were just in awe of what we were seeing. We were, you know, by the end of it, I was standing up and I was I was almost at the front row being like, Jimmy, me!" you know? And it, it, it did exactly what I needed to do. And it, it kicked off the second half, you know, with, with with gusto, and, and you guys did perfectly well. Um,
1: Matt was Matt's, Matt, Matt's awesome, and I said I didn't. Matt's awesome; he's always a pleasure to work with. He's really, really good, and he 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 did his bit absolutely amazingly too. You know, as a as a as a as a heel, his facials, you know, and the way he moves and stalks a ring, and obviously when he does stuff, he you know he does it he does it really well. And yeah, I didn't do too bad for a foul cunt, do you know what I mean? And you know, you just. You just know what you. I just. You just get to the point where you know what you're doing, and 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 that's that really. And you just milk everything you can, and that's what we did. Exactly.
0: So match number five on this show was a sort of speciality match, two on one handicap match. We had the team of Rashwood and Nathan Shaw versus the up and coming Brett Semtex. Now. This obviously was in match five, which is normally the match to kind of bring the crowd down a little bit just to kind of build up to the main event. So, you know, these guys are in a sort of a little bit of a difficult position. Obviously, Rashwood and Shaw, they're established guys, but they're not sort of um, high on the the card and they're going up against kind of a newcomer and kind of a bit of a beast. So, you know, there was a definite story that they had to tell and I thought it went really well, you know, all things considered. I felt that both Rashwood and Shaw felt awkward in their spot because neither of them are really like heels and they didn't really play as heels. So that didn't really kind of be Detrimental to the match because they didn't get heat for beating up on one guy, but then it didn't really get them sympathy for being mullered by Semtex. It was just like the spotlight was really on Brett in that particular moment. It could have been any any two other guys, but it just happened to be Rashwood and Shaw. You know, Semtex is great, and this match worked really, really well for him. He looks really physically impressive, but he hasn't quite got the facials. We spoke about it earlier with Callie Gray. Every single second of the match, Callie Gray is on. You look at him, you look in his eyes, he's got intensity. You know, if somebody's kicked out of his movies he's looking in shock. He looks at, you know, disgust at the crowd. He, he wants to, Beat the other person up, but unfortunately, with 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 Brett, he's new, so he's kind of learning that little bit about him. But you know, that's absolutely fine. He's thinking about his next spot, waiting for something to happen. Whereas, I just wish he would just like roar like a beast. You know, he sort of looks and acts a little bit like Brock Lesnar, but you notice what Brock Lesnar does. He's he's always laser focused. He's always keyed in on exactly what's going to happen next, and that's destroy his opponent. Not go, oh, is it the up and over spot now? Is it the F five? It's just like whatever happens happens, I'm going to grab you, I'm going to German suplex you and I'm actually going to, you know, kill you and like Brock Lesnar uh, Brett did a, an F5 on Nathan Shaw, looked amazing, then he finished, uh, finished the two guys off he did a Death Valley Diver on Rashwood put it on top of Shaw, pinned them both Semtex went into the match at one level came out a higher level so, you know, that's testament to his hard work, the other two guys, they worked really hard as well to put the guy over and um, you know, I'm sure you and Matt who, who booked the match to make sure that Brett came out of it better than, than when he went in. For me, I would say it was a, a solid sort of two and a half star out of five match for
1: me. Yeah, I think you know, you 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 sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean that was Brett's third match. He's he's green as goose shit still and that's as simple you know that's as simple as that. With the show, the way it worked, you know, obviously Matt had a say in, in all the matches and I had a sort of say too but uh, Matt sort of booked the tournament really. Yeah, that was that was sort of his baby and my baby was the the, the four-way. Um, and I didn't know Nathan was coming down until the day before. It was just going to be um, Rashford and, and Semtex. But uh, as Nathan came down, I thought, well, Brett's, like you say, an impressive-looking athlete. You say he looks sort of laser-focused, but you're right. When he gets in the ring, he's going to be thinking of what's coming next and what's going on, and he's going to sort of lose track a little bit I wish he'd he'd just I wish he'd come out in fucking trunks because he's got an amazing fucking physique and he's and he's a good looking guy as well so that's sort of like three quarters of what is gonna make get, get him over you know and that's what we're trying to do now you know you can sit there and think Rashwood and Shaw did a really good job I, I don't want him to think that fucking oh he's putting us in a two on one against a new guy and the new guy's thrashing us. That's that's not the case. Like I'm trusting you to fucking get this guy over. Do you know what I mean? I'm trusting you to try and get this new guy over, um, and it needs to be quick. Unfortunately, because fucking you know two on one is a hard dynamic. Um, if it goes on for too long, then fucking you know you'd beat him. It's psychology wise in a real life if you've got two guys who are fighting you and you're lucky enough to fucking get on top for a couple of, for for a minute and pop a couple of them and run away then that's the only way you're going to win that fight if you fucking hang around eventually they're going to they're going to swamp swamp you so that's the psychology it needs to be quick and also the fact that you're right we're trying to get brett brett's obviously got a limited sort of uh move set at the moment yeah the psychology is, is isn't quite there you you know just by looking at him that eventually he's going to be one of our bigger stars once he if he sticks with it um he's picking things up he's coming to training he's training really hard i don't know what the other guys are doing for their training i know that george comes to see me a bit and and uh Goes to uh, train with WAW for a bit. I don't know what Nathan's doing. I can't really put them in a spot where um, where there's going to be any major major storylines. I need to sort of. Uh, I, I don't. Know. I don't want them to make it feel like a punishment that they're putting over this dude. I'm trusting them to put over this dude. Do you know what I mean? Like this guy needs to, but like, you need to fucking sell for this guy. This guy is going to be our fucking monster. At some point, he's going to beat the shit out of me too. He's going to beat the shit out of everyone. And, and every promotion needs a fucking, needs a monster. He can be our monster for a little while. Do you know what I mean? Until he, until he learns and, and can put together uh, a full, solid, cohesive fucking match um, where he can work, where he can work properly. Then at the moment, he they, the matches are going to have to be quick. And if he's like you're saying, if the moves that, he, that he's doing are looking solid, and they're getting pops, and the guys are selling for him well, and getting him over, and if he come out, if he come out another level, um, then that's good. And to be honest with you, uh, um, I said to Higgsie, who, who did come, uh, no, who did, he didn't come to training. I said, no, I said to Brett uh, on Wednesday on Wednesday's training session. I said, you know, okay, so. Like for example, I looked at their match, I said, right, for example, your match. Okay, you we can get a story out of any of our matches. Like we can carry them on if we need to. So I said, like, for example, your match, and I pointed to Brett, you had a two-on-one match, you beat Rashwood and fucking Higgsy. Okay. Rashwood wants to start, which he does. Jim wants to start a bit of a stable. So I say, right, so if you wanted to start a bit of a stable, this is just an idea that I'm coming off. I just booked it on the spot. So it's something that I'm probably I'm not going to do, probably, um, or it's something that, that if we do do, it will be done differently because I'm now about to reveal it on the podcast. But I said, right, for example, you fucking come out of the next wrestling and you say, the other week um, I wrestled over each him uh, and me and my pal Nathan Shaw, we got basically destroyed by a guy and I've never felt the power and the strength like that on another human being. Here's something else. I don't want to be his enemy. I want to be his friend. I want him to be my friend. I don't want him to come out now. I don't want to have a word with him. You know, Brett comes out, looking all fucking serious, blah, blah, blah. Fucking George says, "The right, look, I've been in Fallen Star Wrestling for a long time. I've been kept down at the bottom of the card for as long as I can remember, and I'm sick of it, and I'm sick of it. And Jimmy will do the same to you. The company will do the same to you. They'll keep you down no matter how hard you try, no matter how many matches you win, no matter how much you break your body. People have just got their favorites. And I can tell you now, Brett, you're not Jimmy's favorite. I guarantee you. Or you're not the company's favorite. I don't even have to mention my name. You're not the company's favorite. You're not a company man. So if, you, if we're going to stand a chance of rising up the card, we need to start taking it. Taking it and building ourselves up and building ourselves and rising ourselves up the guard until Falling Star Wrestling can't deny that we, George Rashwood and Brett Semtex, are the two best wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. Then Nathan could come out and say, I feel exactly the same as you, uh, uh, Rashwood. Brett, he's right you know, this, you know, this is, this company here is built on, no, it's not built on uh, skill. It's built on who you know and how much you suck up to the management. And because we don't do that, we've stayed at the bottom of the card, you know, and then you've got like a, a little stable there where you've got sort of Brett as the as the muscle. Rashford could be on the stick. Nathan could be a wrestler, another wrestler, you know, maybe more technical wrestler. You've got three quite diverse guys there who can learn to work together, learn, have a bit of a stable going, call themselves something, like say, Brett's a muscle, fucking six months, year down the line, they fuck over Brett or Brett gets fed up with it and just, they, they just keep fucking him over. They use him. They always push him to the front. They always get him to do the dirty work. Da, 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 da. And then we've got another feud. Do you know what I mean? So I sort of, that's pretty much what I said. I sort of booked that on the fly. So I said, I don't think that nothing can come from this. That you're just getting your ass kicked. We can always fucking do something with it, with with it, if it gets over. If you do the job well and do the match well and 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 go out and fucking just take this one for the team sort of thing. There's always something that can come from it if it's done well and done right and it works. And and Brett can learn on the job because he's got a couple of guys who sort of have uh, been, you know, I've been wrestling for a little bit. if that makes
0: sense? Yeah. And those, those types of matches as well, a where you can try and do different things. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's the match that I was in. It's a four way match. I can't go out there and, and try something different with a character that might not be working. I can't come out with a new attire or maybe try a little bit of different music or a new pose or a new set of moves. But like for people like Nathan Shaw and Rashwood and, and, you know, even Semtex to a certain point, like they're, they're not kind of an established character so they can kind of do things and try things out and see if they actually hit the audience. Like, you know, Rashwood's a kind of a rock star character, but what about if in this match he's just like, well, maybe it's a bit of a throwaway match and I'm going to lose. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a two-on-one match against the bigger guy. I need to get him over. But if I can maybe put something in there that people can kind of gleam onto, whether it's, you know, an overly dramatic pose or the way he sells or he's G-ing up for up for a super kick and he's just like pretending to do you know, it I'm, again i'm just kind of booking on the fly here you know he's doing some sort of like weird talking or he's like screaming like a metal guy or he's like singing a song as he's beating the guy down like these are the types of things that you can do i can't go out and do that because people will go well what's bbc doing he's, he doesn't normally do that that's that's not like his character but like you know, it may seem like you're in an orca position. You're, you know, you're in a sort of quote-unquote squash match. It's two-on-one against a guy who you're obviously seeing something in and you're going to push eventually when he becomes sort of, you know, more trained and more thought out and has a character and establishes himself within Falling Star Wrestling. But that doesn't mean that Rashwood can't go out and just have fun. You
1: know? But, but, so, but uh, sorry to interrupt and carry on, you know, oh, carry on well, train of thought in a second, but... Who couldn't look at Brett and see something? Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah. If, 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 I mean, if you um, ran your own company and someone like him walked through the door with his skill set, uh, bearing in mind the sort of limited amount that he's done, with how, how quick he picks things up and blah, blah, blah. You, you, I mean, you got to look at him and think, fuck, you know, we got something good here. Do you know what I mean? Please hang around, sort of thing. Maybe sometimes guys do get hot shot on their looks a little bit, and it is a bit unfair. And Nathan and Higgsy could have just bottom lipped it and like been off a of fox leg and gone out there and half asked it, but they didn't. They went out there and they did their fucking job. The match didn't do a great deal for either of them, to be honest with you. But it brought Semtex up to a to to a level where you know next time the crowd's see him, they're probably going to cheer, you know, and and they're going to realise who he is. We need to establish him. Some sometimes people just need to take one for the team. You know, I lost a Tyler ex guy who started to come back to training when he was about fucking thirteen. I've lost the fucking uh, Bringe. You know what I mean? I fucking lost. I've lost to everyone. Losing doesn't fucking matter. It's how you do it and where where you go from 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 there. And even that match. That's that's why this show was so fucking good, in my opinion. Every single match on that card you could go somewhere with it. As, aside from maybe the, the, the couple of tournament matches, do you know what I mean? You could even go somewhere with them, but the crescendo led to the end of the show. That's why the, the show worked, because there was a story within the show. But like you could still um un, like unpick the matches um you know and take take that match and get a get a story out of it. Like I just said like, and anyway but 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 you know it, it did a job. It was match number five it needed to be quick. It needed to bring Brett up, bring the crowd down a touch. Even though it didn't actually, the crowd really seemed to eat it up. They seemed to enjoy it. Higsey and Shaw took one for the team with the idea of obviously sort of something happening in the future. We've all done it, including me, millions of times. We've all fucking done it. You take, uh, you 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 go out there. You've got a job to do. If your job is to put someone over in two minutes which I've done a hundred and fucking uh, uh, 50,000 times, Um, you know, especially when I first started and as time's gone on, if that's what I need to do, that's what I fucking need to do. And I will do it and I will do it to the best of my ability. And that's what those guys did. They did what they needed to do to the best of their ability. And Brett came out looking like a monster, which is what I wanted. So yeah, um, I I didn't see the match because obviously I was just coming back from my match and, uh, I was a little bit fucking uh, limpy and, put, and and I needed to get ready to, to cut the promo for the main event, which, uh, yeah, which we can move on to now, I suppose.
0: Yeah, exactly. Match number six, the main event of the evening was the tournament final uh, for the Limitless Championship, which pit our earlier contestants, Cali Gray versus Jack Landers. Obviously first uh, person to get the pinfall wins the new Falling Star Wrestling Limitless Championship. Now for me, I think this definitely has to go down as one of the candidates for match of the year. Granted, we've only run three shows this year, but boy, this was a bloody
1: barnstorm. Uh, I, I think it's one of the best matches in the wrestling uh, wrestling history. I think it's I think, yeah, it's definitely in within the top 10 easily. And again, bearing in mind some of the matches we fucking had. The last chance saloon-like match where I bled everywhere. Uh, your match, the ladder match, you know, if you think some of the matches that you've been in, we've had Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch, We've fucking had, you know, we have had some amazing matches in Fallen Star Wrestling. We've had, you know, the uh, NLP versus fucking, fucking the unnatural disasters. And in a hardcore match where fucking, you know, Paul Phil off the top rope of the table, we've had your freeway with CW and Furio. And, and yeah, in terms of what modern wrestling is nowadays, the way wrestling sort of looks on TV sometimes I thought that it was it was amazing I think it's one of the best matches in wrestling history yeah
0: Definitely. It surprisingly started off quite slow. I expected those guys to go in with a bit of gusto, run a lot of you know rope spots, do some sort of high-flying action, but it actually worked out well for the match because it paced itself so well. They like started so smart and they didn't really overdo themselves, you know, kind of playing on the psychology. They've, they've had matches beforehand. You know, Jack had his technical masterpiece with Tommy Lawrence. Cali just got through with the skin of his teeth against Sassy Bear. So, you know, they're not going to be on top form. They're not going to be on at 100 miles an hour, but, you know, that's Sort of uh, slow start didn't really ruin the momentum because they built and they built and they built and they built to a a, a massive crescendo at the end and uh, you know Cali was on top form I mentioned it in the in the review of his match against Sassy I didn't get to see Jack's match and this is the first match I've seen. Uh, Jack being, you know, Jack Landers and he was magnificent. He was so good. His facial, we talked about Callie's facials earlier, but Jack's facials on the selling was just superb and obviously you can't take away from Jack's absolutely spectacular moves that were pulled off. Standing corkscrew moonsault, acai moonsault to the outside, absolutely insane. And then obviously the finish after the, the dusty finish, he did a massive Phoenix splash. It was amazing. I I, I sat down and I thought, you know, this, this could be a really good match. I've seen Jack and Callie work together before. They're really good. They gel really well. Their characters sort of bounce off of each other. And I was watching it as a peer, as a wrestler, as a friend of those guys. But by the end of it, I was just, I was watching it as a fan. I was on my feet. I was clapping. I was cheering. I was it was just a pleasure to witness and be there as a fan. And we talked about it earlier. I love the callback with what Cali did with the low blow after stopping himself running into the referee. This worked in this match because they did it earlier. And it worked because Jackson sold his, well, I was going to say his ass off, but he sold his, you know, his nether regions his, off. His and it, off, was yeah. ju- it was, yeah, it was just good. And then obviously Cali hits the straight jacket DDT. One, two, three. Jimmy Starr pops up and says, no, no, no. no. It cannot happen like this. The ref didn't see the chi. I saw the chi. I have the authority to restart the match, obviously. And if the match had have ended with no, Cali no, as no, the new no, Fallen Star no, Wrestling no. Champion.
1: If I, if I, this is again a start on yours. If I'd have said that, i I you know Jimmy Stark can fucking just do what he wants. Like I didn't say, I I couldn't say it like that. I said, I ref, you didn't see it. I saw the low blow. I saw the cheat. The crowd, heatchum. Did you see it? Did you see the cheat? Yeah, we did. Right. So they fucking saw it as well. If I'd have just said, I saw it, restart the match. Go on, carry on. This isn't fucking the way things should be done around here. Do you know what I mean? I come I I could easily come across as a prick. Just a small subtlety there. The crowd needed to be with me as well with that one. And they were fucking, they were so on board with everything. They were like, yeah, I I just want two, right? Let's go. Do you know what I mean? So it was a very quick promo, but the crowd also needed to be the ones to start that match too
0: did you not feel like even if cali would have won the match like i think people were so into the match at that point like they'd seen so many really impressive things that i think if the match had have ended there i think people would have still gone home you know relatively happy because they'd oh, yeah. seen you know six quality matches and they'd just seen a barnstormer of a main event but then i think people started to sort of think well we can't it doesn't end like this and obviously you did the promo the match restarts and you know jack hits that amazing phoenix splash Lands on Cali. Everyone knows this is the finish. Everyone's counting along: one, two, three. The place absolutely erupts, and everybody just goes home, absolutely happy. And it was just so good. And you know, people were just standing there clapping the whole time. There was chants of "This is awesome!" And you know, both these guys and you know FS Dub. And it was just, it was just such a pleasure because it wasn't the guys in there like asking for this adulation. They weren't. You know, it was like the crowd took it upon themselves to be like, "We want to show our appreciation because we've just seen an." absolute awesome match we're going to show our appreciation by doing all the you know the indie wrestling chants and chanting in fsw and standing up and clapping and you know jack cuts a promo at the end you know thanking everybody he's he's holding up the bell and Callie's sitting there you know with this with this sort of saddened look on his face still pulling off the facials looking like he's just had the title ripped from his hands which he has yeah. jack's in there celebrating looking good and both guys just looked amazing. They worked so well, and the, I think the crowd absolutely loved it. And you know, we talked about the whole booking of the show. The four way should have been on last, but it went on first. But this match, whoa, boy, what a main event! Absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, everything you said there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a hundred percent. And uh, there's a few things that, that that sort of I want to comment on with this, and it's and it's yeah, obviously about the wrestling, but also just you know just about the 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 wrestlers themselves and, and and the crowd. Like first off after my hardcore after my hardcore match I quickly just fucking towered myself down and just fucking put Hoodie on and, and just and I sat at the music thing and I tried to remain inconspicuous. And I tried to remain inconspicuous until I popped up from the promo. I didn't want the crowd to really see me. I mean if they did it wasn't too much of a problem but I didn't want a crowd to really see me, Um, but I also didn't want to fucking walk out on stage. I I, I just wanted to, I wanted it almost to be like I was sitting there just watching it, enjoying it myself. And like, actually, no, you know, I do have the authority to change this sort of thing. So, so, so I will. But aside from that, um, because I couldn't really react, um, I had to sit there sort of like hiding, you know, watching the match sort of hiding behind the fucking, like the, the, the speakers and the monitor with the, you know, uh, with, with with the guys doing the music and just you know just fucking to trying to with a mic in my hand because I, I you know getting ready for 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 whenever the my cue was to to restart the match. There was a couple of moments there where I was so fucking proud. The difference between that match and something that you would see in AEW um is that like you said they started off fucking with the foundations and built and like I've always said, and I've said it, I say it every fucking time when I wrestle and we're doing rolls and we're doing the same wrist locks and we're doing the same bits and bobs over again. And sometimes I feel people might be getting bored in, in, in training. That's why we do that shit, because what that does is, is it gives you a really good foundation of competition and fucking builds up so, so that you can build up from. And that's what they did. They had that foundation. They had that foundation. Jack and Callie, um, you know, we, in their history in Falling Star Wrestling, if people watched it, you know, they they don't hate each other, hate each other. Like Callie's not a very nice fucking person and Jack's a fucking awesome person, but they don't hate each other. They have a they have a respect for each other. So there's no reason for a hot start. It doesn't need to be. And then going into the spots and stuff, they needed to build this one. And I did say, that, I, I think I said to them, you know, start off, slow, build it. But, but I said, by the end of it, bust out. Like, this is the main event for the belt. There's no reason you can't bust out. And bust out they did. But I was really proud of the the way they laid it out because it just showed me uh, with Jack as well. And I know Cali was obviously hugely involved with it too. But I'm just glad that, that Jack didn't forget about the fucking psychology. The mat, that match the reason why I prefer it over watching like an AEW type match is they didn't do any of those fucking, you know, they didn't do like a million super kicks and they didn't do like a million fucking falsies. Like when Jack hit that Phoenix Flash, that's his finisher. And he beat him with it. He only needed to hit him once. The falsies weren't their special moves. Maybe one of them was, uh, maybe they might have kicked out of it. But there wasn't a kick out of finishers constantly. It was, you know, they, but like you said, they built up and built up and the moves just got better and the spots just got better and the fucking risks just got higher and they just couldn't fucking beat each other. And you could see the frustration on both their faces and the exhaustion. The crowd were with it. The crowd were with it every step. And even like, like you say, the marks were the smart marks were, this is awesome. But the normal crowd, the the just normal marks were fucking following along with it as well. Literally the the whole room was so electric for that match and the energy was there and it was coming from me as well, but I just had to keep fucking a little bit my, my profile a little bit lower, but I wanted to stand up and go, yes, because they've, it just, like you said, not only did they pull off some spectacular moves, and bumps and whatever, they told a fucking story in with it. And that's what I was so fucking proud of. And the crowd just fucking ate it up. Even, like I said, even the people who'd never been arrested before, they left that match with their fucking, literally with their mouths open, as if to say, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, what have we just seen? That was what made me so fucking proud of it. And some baby faces, I I did say, um, to some face let's get go over and celebrate with Jack in the ring but Matt Matt came out and I said right babyface it's time to go after after Jack won and, and Matt just said no no let's just let Jack have his moment and I think he was right I think he was right just let Jack have his Jack have his moment fucking he's won that belt he cut a bit of a promo he did he did a nice little promo with with for Callie, you know saying that if he ever wants another shot then he's got it you know you may not fucking I may not like you, but you've earned my respect Perfect little promo. I didn't ask him to cut it, but he did, and it was the right thing to do. Got him over even more. Uh, got both guys over. It's got to be their best match. I mean, it's got to be their best match. I don't know if 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 if, if thinks it was or whatever, but I don't. I don't know if Jack thinks it was, but me personally, it's definitely their best match and and one of the best matches in Fallen Star Wrestling history. Not just because of what they did in the ring, but because they brought the crowd along with them as well. So the the risks that they took were fucking, were worth it because the crowd were with them, with those risks. They weren't just like, it wasn't just like, oh, there's another dive. Like, you'd see an AEW. Oh, fuck, there we go. Let's, let's do a springboard moonsault two seconds into it. It was at the end when he was fucked and he was desperate and he, made, he needed to do something and he still couldn't put him away with that. And then, obviously, Cali doing his fucking, you know, that cool little, like, flip, I don't know, even know what it was, but that cool slam that he did which fucking uh, looked awesome and, you know, couldn't get in with it. You know, they just, it was just fighting so deep and so deep from the heart and from the soul. Their kickouts were so big and, you know, and, and desperate. And yeah, good, just amazing selling to, to try and make that happen. And it just built up and built up and built up until, you know, Jack had to pull out the fucking big guns at Phoenix Splash um and just that was it for Caddy. just could not that was that was it that was the final nail in his coffin he just couldn't take any more uh, than that so the just to explain the dusty finish basically the dusty finish is you've probably guessed it um just to explain because i've said it about a million times the dusty finish is where um the bad guy w- wins through cheating someone comes out of through, through the curtain or in my case uh, near the ba restarts the match because they see the cheat they don't want the fucking match to end that way. They've got all the authority to do it, to restart the match. You know, and I basically said, that's not the way we do things here. Got the crowd on my on my side to agree with it. And then we restarted the match and then the, the babyface one. It's just to give that little extra pop because the crowd gets so fucking disappointed because they wanted Jack to win. And even though they've seen an amazing match, you know, they're still disappointed because Jack's obviously the good guy. Jack's a guy who probably deserved it a little bit more because he fought the whole tournament through, you know, properly and didn't cheat and didn't fucking cut corners like Cali did. Um, and then they put on this superb match and it's just fucking oh no, fuck Cali won. And I know that there was a few cheers and stuff and whatnot, you know, from some of the guys from some of our regulars. But in general, most of the audience wanted to see Jack to win. And then the minute they get the belt and they, they show it, that's when the cue comes for me to restart the match. Match restarts. Yeah, the babyface wins. So that's what the Dusty finishes. And if you don't do it all the time, it works like a treat. We've done it once or twice in 10 years. Um, So, you know, it's not a regular thing. Um, and uh, on this occasion, again, it worked a treat. So uh, that even added to the match a little bit more, and when Jack won, the fucking yeah, the roof went off the fucking place. And I and I have to confess, do you know, what I mean, I thought sort I of had a bit of a lump in throat, thinking, fucking yes, you <laughs> fucking nailed it, you fucking absolutely nailed it. You you know, this is this is going to be. If you have a better match than this, it's going to be. It's not going to be for a fucking while. And you know, you earned that fucking belt. Um and Cali, fucking hell man, you know, what an awesome job, you know, put you know, and you put him over, you look better for it. Um, I actually think personally that next time Cali comes to one of our shows, um, for for the people who were there, um, he's gonna be even more babyface. Maybe one day we might turn him babyface, who knows? But um he's gonna have so much respect. That match um has solidified them in falling star and there's probably two of the best. Actual athletes and and uh, lightweights, cruiserweights in the in the company because they're just so fucking just so fucking talented man and do do such good shit together and yeah like you said they got that chemistry um, so and I I'm not a fan of indie matches but what I'm a fan of is good storytelling um, I'm not a fan of amazing moves but when I see an amazing move obviously I appreciate it hugely if it's done in the right spot and in the right place. And it was, everything was done in the right spot, in the right place. It was just perfect. It was just fucking, was the fullest star wrestling in a fucking Hitchum Public Hall on a fucking Saturday night in front of about 120 people. It was far, far, far too good to be fucking, you know, that show was far too good, the whole show, but that match especially was far too fucking good. That should be on fucking TV. Do you know what I mean? Like that, 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 that should be fucking in the, in the Tokyo Dome in Japan. Uh, you know, that should be in fucking, that should be in AEW fucking easily. Like those guys just fucking totally outclassed. But most of the wrestlers in the UK, because they did all that cool shit, but it meant something. It meant something. It told a story. And I think we all, deserve a fucking pat on the back but especially those two but we all deserve a pat on the back for that night for making it a a show a whole show just pure quality there's not one person who fucking didn't come up to me and say fuck me that was excellent especially the fucking you know obviously especially the last match but that's what you want you want people to remember that you don't want people to go oh well the second match was fucking great but the last match was shit do you know what i mean like you you want people to say fucking all the matches were great you know and last match jesus christ and that's what the general consensus was from people who, who I spoke to. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking hell, brilliant show guys. Like, all the matches were awesome. That, but that last match, Jesus Christ... And that's that's, that's what you want from all shows because the main event should be the Jesus Christ match.
0: Yeah. Do you know it's you know quite funny as well? So, um, yeah, af- after the match finished, I was like, right, I need to go backstage. I need to speak to these guys. I need to tell them that what they did in there and what I just witnessed was spectacular. So I went in there, kind of gave gave Jack and Callie you know, a handshake and said, that was amazing. Then I was just sitting there for a little while and I was uh, like talking to them about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, but like, there was that one bit where like, I almost slipped off you, you whipping me in the ropes and, and then I overshot the Phoenix Splash a little bit. And I was like, dude, like... It wouldn't have mattered what you did in the entire match. You were just there and you had the crowd and you worked the match. Like it it didn't matter if like any move just looked a little bit like wafty or whatever. It's just like the emotion was there and you guys put everything in the right place. You put all the jigsaw pieces in the correct place. So it made this perfect picture. And it doesn't matter if one was just slightly slightly ajar because people aren't even going to remember that. You might remember it and go, oh, yeah, I nearly slipped. Your, your arm nearly slipped off when I went to whip you. But like people are going to go, what? There was, there was an Irish whip. In it. all i remember was just like awesome action great storytelling good heel work great baby face work good selling spectacular moves and just a really 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 good just very entertaining match like they're not going to remember those small little bits but i know as wrestlers we we, we we tend to go in and kind of look at the the, the minute details and be like oh I, my foot was two mil out of place there it's like nah don't even worry about it. Like you got the reaction you deserved. Everybody on their feet. Everybody saying match of the year. Everyone saying this is awesome. Everyone cheering Jack's name. Everyone just so excited and so happy to have witnessed that match. Yeah, it, oh, mate, <laughs> I don't want to keep gushing about it, so I'm just going to say Jack Landers versus Callie Gray at Heaton. Five out of five stars. It was
1: brilliant. Yeah, it was it, 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 it? Yeah, five stars. Yeah, yeah, for, 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 uh, but not and uh, not just. Not just Fallen Star Wrestling quality, like fucking any show quality. Brilliant. I mean, that was, a, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Do you know what I mean? And I'm a fucking wrestler and I'm a promoter and I know that people are probably going to say fucking, well, you know, of course Jimmy's going to say that, but honestly, hand on heart, if it was crap, I'd say, do you know what I mean? And and this is what this podcast is about. And I know a lot of the wrestlers look at it. That's something I didn't like in it. Or if it was shy, or there was something wrong. I would point it out, but no, um, it was a five out of five star match for for actions, for psychology, um, for the crowd reaction, and yeah, just just for the finish and just 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 for everything. And I'll tell you something about that Phoenix Splash. I, you know, whether he overshot it or not, my old man, my dad, who's not a wrestling fan, he hates fucking. Um, uh, what what me do it because he don't worries about me getting hurt but he's been to enough shows because I've been doing it for so long especially when i was when I, when I was younger he's obviously getting a bit older now so he doesn't come to many but he used to come to quite a few years and years back. Um, you know, and he would always fucking, you know, he'd be honest, you know, oh, that match was good, but uh, that, that, that fucking guy, are yeah, you good? Do you know what I mean? What the fuck's you doing on the show? Like, like my dad would give his sort of casual opinion, do you know what I mean? Which was always important to me because, you know, it would, and he, even even if I did bad, there's times when he said, oh, that weren't your best, do you know what I mean? You know, that fucking, I've seen you do better. He said at the end of that show, he said, fucking hell, he, like, you know, he said that was, that was amazing. He said that was fucking amazing. The whole thing, the whole night, not just the last match, the whole night. And then uh on the way back, he said um, he said that at the end that flip that fucking boy did. He said he landed right on that fucking. He said he landed right on that fucking guy. I bet he, he, he hurt him, didn't he? And I went, I don't think so. I think he was. I went backstage. They so seemed all right. And then when I, I came back to the hall, didn't I? And I think I asked. One of the guys, I think I, asked, I might have asked Callie or I might have asked Jack, did you, did, I know the the Phoenix press was a touch overshot, but you didn't hurt him, did you? And he was like, no, no, I didn't hurt him. But yeah, it was a little bit overshot. I was like, no, it was fucking great. Like my old man thought you you, you killed him. So, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was overshot and it looked shit. It was overshot and it looked like he fucking killed him. So as if he didn't, then fucking brilliant. Because again, the move look the move looked real. Uh, and the crowd don't know how the fuck exactly you're supposed to land. As long as you land on them in some way, shape, or form, we know how we're supposed to land to try and keep them safe. But when you're doing a move like that, it's very fucking difficult, to, I would assume, to fucking spot your landing perfectly. Um, so, you know, most I should imagine a, a good percentage of it is luck. Um, you know, but then again, I've never believe it or not, I've never done a Phoenix flash, so I, I I wouldn't know I wouldn't know how to fucking I wouldn't know how to land it. Um but um but you know I, I... years ago on trampolines and stuff, when I was at school, I used to do I was I could do backflips and I could do front flips, I could do fucking back to backs and all that stuff. And and it was always about trying to spot your landing and trying to fucking uh find where you were. And I was I, I, I was was quite good at trampolining and I but I could never spot my landing. I always used to fucking do the flip, but I couldn't spot my landing. I should imagine it's the same with that move. Like, if Instead, you've got a human being there to try and spot your landing when you're twisting around like that. must be fucking exceptionally hard. Even when I see uh, guys who do it regularly on TV, they very rarely land it fucking perfectly. Like the person's... Got to go expect something, uh, a little bit of a squish or whatever. It's when they totally miss it, it's the problem. But he didn't totally miss. He just overshot it a touch, and fucking looks like he fucking caned him with his legs. So it was a, it was a, it was a fucking great finish. It still looked great, um, even though he didn't land in exactly the right position. That's where you know that that's that that's where if you want to be hyper, 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 hyper critical, but fuck, why don't you just enjoy the fact that. that you just created a piece of fucking theatre and art out there that will be remembered by the people that saw that for fucking decades. It just absolutely astounded people. So, you know, you've, you've gone out there that night, on that day, on that night, on that show, which was a good show anyway, and you've capped it off so beautifully with a fucking superb match. You know, you should be going to the back and fucking... Dutch rudder in each other. You shouldn't be fucking sitting there and, <laughs> and, and and worrying about. Oh, my foot was in the slight wrong position. Like you know, this is the experience factor in, in wrestling. Like when me, when me and Matt fucking went back, we shook each other's hand. Are you all right? Yep. Yeah, are you all right? I think I might have broke my arm, but we'll see if the pain goes away in a couple of hours. That's what I said, because I fucking hurt my arm. Uh, and luckily the pain went away, so I don't think I broke it. You know, if I have, it doesn't hurt anymore. But Matt said, was that my fault? I said, no, that was mine. When I slapped you in the face, I didn't slap you with my hand. I slapped you with my forearm. So you must have a bit of a sore chin. And I do apologize. Like, these guys just need to learn to enjoy the moment. Obviously, talk about the match. But with, with a match like that, you don't even really need to talk about it. You just know you've nailed it. Do you know what I mean? You just know you nailed it. Be happy. and uh, Try and absorb it. Or enjoy the adrenaline rush that you're going to get. Unfortunately, um, yeah, you're only as good as your last match. But people will remember that. And that will stick in people's minds for a long time. The people that were there. Hopefully the whole show will. I just thought the whole show, every match was totally different it was quite quite lucky that Craig had to go and you guys went on first because it allowed those guys to just totally bust out and fucking blow the roof off the place, which they wouldn't have been allowed to have done if they would have been on like fourth or fifth or something like that, you know? So they, they got the opportunity, you know, the workhorses like, um, like Jack who works so hard all the time, he got a chance to really, really, really shine So did Callie. That's rare that the Limitless would go on as a main bit set in my ways with my booking philosophy. But that actually, again, I was saying the other day at training, you know, you're always learning wrestling. 20 years in the business and I'm learning fucking 10 years as a promoter and I'm learning, you know, have my sort of set guard and the way things should go and where I think the peaks and troughs should be to fucking create a really good show. And that would include never put in a four-way at the start, something that I would I would never do if not no other way we could do it. It was booked, there was no other way we could do it. Um and it was the fucking best card and and ebbed and flowed the way I fucking wanted it. So honestly, the best show that we've done in a long, long time, if not ever, outside of Linsport, Sport. Um but even though including Linsport, Sport, I think that, you know, that was amazing. I'm really, really, really pleased and proud of everyone who took part in that show. So thank you for either the, the the crowd who turned up and please turn up for our show um, at Wesleyan on the 11th because we've got a surprise and you're going to fucking love this surprise. You, you guys want to see the fallout of what's happened, you know, what happened at, at Heacham. We're building up to our show um, at Sport in October. You know, we've got plenty to come up to. So keep coming, keep supporting us, keep fucking shouting, keep spreading the word of Falling Star Wrestling. Bring your mates, bring more people. And, you know, there's no fucking way in a million years you're going to get a better night out than us. Even if you don't like wrestling, you're going to fucking have a good time. I guarantee it. We appreciate the fans more than ever now with COVID sort of getting coming out of the way and you guys being allowed back in the venue we just appreciate the fact that you spend your hard money to come and see, it, see us so we're going to do our best to put on the best show we can every time you walk through the door we're never going to half-ass it for you so again thank you so much for everyone who turned up just continue to support us wherever we go
0: could not have said it better myself, thanks to all the Falling Star Wrestling faithful who continue to support us. Like Jimmy said, you're not going to want to miss the Falling Star Wrestling live show at the Wesleyan Sports and Social Club on the 11th of September. We have a big surprise, and I know what it is already, and you're not going to want to miss this. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please consider subscribing to the podcast on your preferred platform. We're available on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Just like we gave our Heat main event five stars, we hope you'll leave us a five-star review too. On social media, Falling Star Wrestling can be found at Falling Star Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me there too, at PVC Pro Wrestler. And if you want to find Jimmy, he's at Jimmy Star Wrestler on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the 11th for more live action. If not, we'll catch you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See ya.
1: Boom, in the can.